There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cult Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshire. <laughs> trying to do the drums. <laughs> I can't make a drum sound. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Ah, oh, hello everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the first. Yeah, let's seconds. thank people up top. Mm, thank you thank in advance for... for listening. Wow, sounds like a movie title. Like, thank you for smoking. Like, mm. where it's like a a play and on a be kind phrase. rewind. Yeah, yeah. Thank you in advance for listening. Mm. Well, that unfortunately... Thank you in advance is a good title. Mm. Yep, I agree. Uh, however... It feels it like is... you're about to say, are you going to do this the whole episode? I'm not. Like, this is, are you this, gonna... is this is one of these, like, these classic, um, uh, you had something planned and then I interjected with my own funny, unplanned banter. Um, I had nothing And, and you're planned. looking at me like... Is, are you done? No, not at all. I had nothing planned for the intro. Okay. So this is this works fine, to be honest. This actually works better. <laughs> I prefer this. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Cold Popshire Podcast, specifically film franchise Fortnite's on the Cold Popshire Podcast. My name is AJ, and over there talking about stuff is Richard Martin. Hello, Richard. Hello. Hello. And this is our little show, our little hobby that we do together that we've been doing for a long time. And what it is, is every fortnight we watch a franchise, a movie franchise, or a film right franchise, on. if you are into your alliteration. Mm. Uh, and then we get together and we discuss that film franchise. So if you've never heard the show before, you can go back and listen to other film franchises we have discussed. And such watch as, along as well, if you want. Yep. Such as Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and Godzilla. Now, you can Just join in these these conversations on our discord if you want to join our discord server there's a link to that in the show notes below join it now join it follow us on twitter hey i'm currently listening to the jumanji episode and people will spoil it for you won't that be fun richard dies at the end (laughs) so yeah today uh, on Film Franchise Fortnights, we're going to be discussing the Jumanji series, an unconventional franchise of yeah. arguably four films. This isn't your mama's franchise. <laughs> These four, four films include Jumanji from 19, 1995, Zathura, A Space Adventure from 2005, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle from 2017, and Jumanji, The Next Level from 2019. Hmm. Just gonna undo my overalls because they're clinking about. I undid my pants. <laughs> that same reason. Um, 
So this series, uh, the Jumanji series, broadly, in broad terms, it follows a group of people who are sucked into, spat out of, or otherwise enveloped by a by a by Again. various magical jungle slash space themed games. Hmm. Uh, trying to trying to say a sentence that applies to all four movies. Yeah, <laughs> it's not always always a jungle, and it's not always a board game. Um, it's puts not their lives space. at stake. That yeah, yeah, exactly, and they've got to finish complete the game to to reach safety uh the first two entries in the series jumanji and zathura while not connected story-wise were connected thematically and commercially with promotional material for zathura emphasizing it as from the world of jumanji it's also worth noting that both jumanji and zathura are based off picture books by children's author chris van allsberg making zathura one of the rare and <laughs> controversial examples of a spiritual sequel on this podcast boy do these Uh-oh. boy do these start conversations on our discord which you can join today but, via a link in the show notes yeah the, the interesting thing with this one is that like okay jumanji is undoubtedly a franchise we're just mm. giving you more content like if it was like mm. if it was like no no we're not counting zathura like in that in that sense i could see it being more controversial because it's like yeah you, we're, we're withholding our opinions on zathura from right. you whereas it's like now we're giving them to you at no added cost um mm. so you fucking you know get over it. it it is a franchise if you go on the jumanji franchise wikipedia page it lists zathura that's true but also another thing of note is like usually people are, are in our discord and on various other platforms um complain about certain films that we've considered as part of one franchise sometimes i can understand where they're coming from sometimes i can't never have i agreed with them even if i've understood Mm. where they're coming from uh but in this case people were like you have to do zathura if you're doing Mm. jumanji so be consistent is all i'm saying and it was one of those like um um actually if you're doing jumanji you'll also have to do zathura it's like you have already been planning to do that but that's also not we'll get to this when we get to zathura that's actually not it's actually not as clear cut as people are saying it is but we'll get to that when we get to there first thing we're going to talk about is jumanji 1995 this was directed by joe johnston and this is our third joe johnston film for Mm. film franchise fortnights do you know what the other two are uh captain america the first avenger and jurassic world uh jurassic park three correct uh do you know what jumanji 1995 has on rotten tomatoes uh i believe it's not fresh is that correct that's correct uh but it's not by oh no it's like is it like in its 30s no 50s yes 56 55 hmm. pew, pew, pew. can you tell me what jumanji 1995 is about uh yeah one <laughs> disappears for 10 minutes okay <laughs> disappears for 26 years oh <laughs> very good oh, <laughs> captain wacky um <laughs> oh i didn't know captain wacky was invited to the podcast <laughs> oh you best start believing in captain wacky's podcasts <laughs> you're, you're on, on one, one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you'd best start believing in jungles, Alan Parrish. You're in one till the dice reads five or eight. <laughs> well, yeah, spoilers for my synopsis <laughs> of Jumanji, but uh, yeah, so it's like in 1969. There's these um, out. little kid, Alan Parrish, play finds this board game Jumanji, um, and it's 
this isn't your, this ain't your mama's board game. Uh, no. It sucks him into the board game. Um, it, like they they start to experience like kind of weird shit. It plays the drums when it's near, but um, yeah, he gets this this thing comes up on the game that says in the jungle you must wait until the dice reads five or eight, and then he gets and quite horrifying for the time. A special mm. effects gets warped into the game and um then the person he's playing with uh, runs out because bats come down the chimney and and her name is sarah whittle or as robin williams pronounces it sarah whittle very very sharp t when he pronounces it yeah so cut to 26 years later because she, like she doesn't um continue the game she clearly doesn't understand didn't understand the riddle <laughs> yeah 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 Yeah. so now it's 26 years later um this like the the alan parrot the parish house is like this um yeah, yeah it's like the amityville house kind of thing it's one of these mm. like classic horror like you know the kids will tell stories about it um because uh, yeah, this kid alan parish disappeared 26 mm. years ago and um everyone said well you know the the dad went mad and chopped him up and hit him in the walls sort of thing mm. but then our two main characters judy and carl no carl judy the and shoe guy the cop who, who peter peter yeah <laughs> why does it have the judy the and fuck? peter okay. shepherd okay the, okay okay pause for a all moment. right the cast for this film on wikipedia is robin williams as aaron as alan mm, yeah, kirsten right. as judy yeah. david as uh, like uh, blah 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 as carl as sarah whittle as van pelt as nora shepherd and then says jumanji features a 1995 era cast that includes bradley pierce as judy's younger brother peter shepherd like he's the fucking main character uh, like yeah. one of the the top three. Why is he not in the cast? And he's like, yeah, it's a ninety ninety five era cast. Like because he's the, he's the only one that didn't stay famous. Kirsten Dunst went still, on. Still, you fucking famous. put it in the thing. I know it's weird. I saw that as well when I was researching. Um, yeah, because I just went, oh yeah. So Alan Judy, the next one must be the name of the kid. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. so they they find the board game. They play for a little bit. It's weird shit happens, but then the dice rolls and an eight and um or a five, <laughs> and then this. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Fully grown uh, Robin Williams comes out of the game, and then they they realize that to stop all the horrific goings on, which is like stuff coming out of the jungle, uh, which we have jungle been themed to yet. stuff. Yeah, yeah. so um, no. animals, whatnot. Um, yeah, come out and they realize they have to finish the board game, but obviously this gets harder and harder with the amount of shit that gets put in. But then when the game is finished, um, finally. Alan and Sarah, who they the the girl Sarah Whittle, um, who they have to recruit. Say it to properly. finish the game. Recruit. No, <laughs> I, mean, I mean Sarah Whittle. Um, they have to yeah return. They have to finish the board game, and when they do, they're like the timeline for Alan and Sarah is reset to nineteen sixty nine. And so there's like the the kids who are main characters are no longer orphaned. And it's like all all the stuff, um, yeah. And but everyone has memories of what happened. Well, I don't think the kids do. I th- I don't think they remember what happened. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. It's it's like, it's like that timeline stops. I actually think Kirsten Dunst's character dies in at, in the original timeline at right at the end. She gets shot with one of the plants. 
like darts and they fin- they call Jumanji and finish the game before mm. she dies. So I think it's implied that like they're essentially saving her life by going back mm. in time and resetting the timeline yeah, yeah, yeah. where they also save um, Peter and Judy's parents as well, who died in a ski accident in Canada. Mm. Uh, what did you think of Jumanji 1995? Well, so this is, um, one of a handful of films that like long before this podcast i used as examples of like films that somehow just skirted by me on Mm. um during childhood the mummy and jumanji Mm. it's like these ones that are like so instrumental to people's upbringings and i just never happened to see them i will talk about later but i quite like i was quite a big fan of the tv series i just never saw the movie um and um, I and, and I think it's one of these things. And I, and I think this is the. I'm now realizing that this is the thing with the mummy as well. Is that like, if there was any kind of remote chance that it was scary, I probably would have avoided it as a kid. And like, hmm. so many people told me both of those movies were actually really scary. To this day, people tell me Jumanji is scary. It's scary if you're a kid. I yeah, ex- exactly. But like, and people, you know, were traumatized um, by it as a kid. How I did watch Jumanji, uh, this ninety four ninety nine five one. I'd watched it. I think two years ago, I watched it in anticipation of actually maybe after I'd watched the next level because I'd seen. I think it was. Yeah, I'd yeah, seen Zathura, Welcome to the Jungle, and the next level. And then I was like, oh fuck, I'm going to go watch Jumanji because I saw it was on Amazon Prime or something. But yeah, it is interesting because it's one of the. It, it, it's similar to The Mummy, although The Mummy's had this big critical reevaluation, but it's one of these movies that like people are like, yeah, one of the best movies ever made. And then you look at the reviews, they're like, it's actually not like got that great scores. Mm. The reviews, even contemporary reviews, aren't that great. And. Especially knowing the heights that spoilers for the rest of the podcast, knowing the heights that the, the franchise would later reach, it does like make Jumanji just this thing I have to do to get to you know the good stuff. Sure. And so, it, it might be my least favorite of the franchise. Interesting. Um, you say that like I mean, yeah, that's the that's the general consensus. That's the critical you know? consensus. But yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Like, like I say, I think, like it's one of those things that seems sacrilegious. Like people, mm. people are like, oh, I love the new ones, but yeah, you can't top Robin Williams, you know? Yeah, and it's like, yeah, and Rob, and Rob don't get me wrong, Robin Williams is is great and makes a two star movie a three and a half star movie, you know? Like, sure. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. but it's still not quite that like that amazing. It's some some of the effects have aged quite well. Some of the effects have aged incredibly poorly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yep. So was this was this an instrumental film for you growing up? Oh man, I watched this so many times as a kid. I like I I I more than the mummy. Thought about it. No, I wouldn't have been more than the mummy, but it was like pre mummy days. Like the, there are quite a lot of parallels between this and the mm. mummy nineteen ninety nine for me. Um, I probably haven't seen this movie since the last century. <laughs> I was thinking about this. I don't think I would have watched this after the age of seven or eight. Interesting. Or fi- five or eight. <laughs> I, I thought you would have rewatched it, though, with the new ones. No, not at all. It's, but it feels very much written into my DNA in the sense that like certain lines of dialogue sound like evokes but also not just the the lines but like the cadence and delivery of certain lines of dialogue almost send me into like this lullaby-esque state of relaxation because i'm like i remember being five years old and watching this movie and and hearing 
Robin Williams be like, you played a game with a little boy, a game with drums. And I'm like, oh, I remember him saying that. I remember this line. And, and like, there's so many examples of that. Probably more visceral than The Mummy because because I saw it less than The Mummy. Mm. They're more buried in my memory. And so right, it's, yeah, it's yeah. more of like a delightful, like, oh, I remember this yeah, yeah. When, I, when I hear it again. Like in The Pacifier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check out our Patreon. Find our episode of The Pacifier. Um, another reference to it, old episode is i talked about on the santa claus uh when we covered the santa claus about how like the little boy saying you killed him referring to santa like was like this real nostalgic soundbite for me Mm. almost the same soundbite as in this movie when they visit sarah whittle and she faints when she realizes it's it's alan and uh peter goes you killed her and i'm like did i misrem is it not the one from the santa claus that i is it actually from this i don't know for sure but yeah over the years especially since i didn't have the same sort of i didn't go back to this in the same way that i often went back to the mummy um all i heard about this was that the like that jumanji 1995 actually isn't that good and Mm. it's more of a nostalgia thing than anything else and so i kind of subconsciously adopted that opinion as well right, and when yeah, i would yeah. talk about it it'd be like the new jumanji is really good and it's not like the old one was that amazing even mm. though i had no actual right to express that opinion because i didn't know well that. That, that is your right to express that opinion right well thank you um but re-watching it for this i thought this was awesome i like i thought that it's a it's a great family adventure 90s blockbuster it has i thought a really tight script and i really mm. liked all the characters i thought the story structure was great it's sort of like built into the progression of the board game in a way that feels like a it would have been really easy to write because you just what do we do next roll the dice yeah Yeah, exactly which would which kind of comforts me if i was ever stuck writing something like this it must have been such a relief to be like just roll the dice that's all that the next thing that has to happen Mm. um and b uh it gives the story like a solid backbone as as the audience can sense where it's heading at all times and the stakes are very easily understood um i think there's some a plus set pieces and and sequences i think the the um the stampede stuff is like great i love Love how it it breaks out into the little town, little New Hampshire town that they're in, and like it becomes like a unifying thing. It's not just about these four characters; it's about a whole town in that sense. I mean, I wouldn't say I was like completely in love with it, but I really I don't have anything bad to say about it, and I certainly don't understand what everyone's issues are, what all the critics' issues are, like. I think maybe movies on average were maybe better in the 90s. Like there were more hits. <laughs> Born or, or, in the wrong not, not, era. No, no, not in that sense, but maybe there were more strikes than strikeouts. Maybe well, just because of the amount of movies that got made. And so the like, what is expected is a, is a I reckon if this movie came out today, it would get into the, the 70s on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, no, it's just that thing of like, as well that, uh, yeah, we also remember the stinkers that came out last year because they came out last year yeah yeah like i think the same amount of movies roughly are coming out um Mm. but it's just a certain amount of standard the test of time but like you get like you get outliers like twister which was like the biggest fucking movie of the year um right and but no one remembers it you know right yeah yeah well uh someone who really didn't like this film uh was roger Roger Ebert. ebert 
He gave it 1.5 out of four stars. He criticized its reliance on special effects to convey its story. Can't imagine what he would think of <laughs> almost every blockbuster these days. Yeah. Um, he thought the story was lacking. He questioned the decision to rate the film PG rather than PG-13 because he thought it was too scary, which is a pretty fuddy-duddy reason to rate something 1.5 stars in my opinion. He, he thought that the, there's a part where Peter che- tries to cheat and he has punishment he gets turned into a, a sort of a monkey human hybrid and Roger Ebert thought that was too scary for, for kids. Um, <laughs> not, not, not for me, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ebert concluded that it's like one of those video games where you achieve one level after another by killing it and not getting killed. The ultimate level for young viewers will be uh, being able to say, to sit all the way through the movie. Like whatever, dude, I sat all the way through this movie when I was like five to eight years old so keep making a five to eight joke i don't know if that's landing each time but there it is <laughs> yeah um yeah so do you do you have any like specific issues with this film what did you give it on on leaderboard three and a half stars hmm. i just think this is such a serviceable yeah like well, what did you i think it's really good i gave it four stars and i wasn't expecting to do that i was just I was thought I'd, I was going to give it three to three and a half. And then I was like, I've got to be honest with myself. I had a really good time with this film and I think it's really well paced. I think it's, it might be the best paced of all four movies uh, if we're just talking pacing. And I think that. I don't know if I agree with that. It's just exciting. It's just constantly exciting. And I believe in the characters and I want them to succeed. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I struggle to understand what everyone's problem was. Yeah, maybe the, the thing you're praising about the, the, the just, you know, you roll the dice. It's like that kind of, uh, I, I don't know, maybe I see that as, I think I might see that as more of an impediment to the film. That it's so? like, that, that it is just very like, okay, we'll now do this part. Oh no, there's a thing cool mm. now do the next thing and like you can do like in something like welcome to the jungle it's you know like it's a video game and it's it's just levels but there's like three of them so it, it kind of fits the three x structure rather than just yeah, being yeah. like here's a little um sequence here's a sequence well you could also argue though that in the in the same way like um a lot of video game for example adaptations struggle to like adapt the medium that if this is a board game adaptation which is not based on a real board game but if it were well at least the board game came out after like it is it is also um adapting how you play a board game not just what the the story of the yeah, board but it's game a movie. might be i'm just saying it's interesting i'm glad that there's I'm just at least at least there's one movie about a, a magical board game. Where yeah, well, yeah, no, that's the thing. At least there's playing one. the game. I would, I would <laughs> feel, I would feel bad if we came here to talk about Jumanji and there wasn't at least one film about a board game. <laughs> uh, according to the author of the original storybook, uh, Chris Van Allsburg, uh, Jumanji is a Zulu word which means many effects as in like the many things that happen when you roll the dice. Uh, but when I entered Jumanji on Google Translate uh, from Zulu to English, it translated it as Tuesday. Um, whether to trust Google Translate or not, though, I don't know, because um, last year I entered my name in, in Latin. I entered Alex, that's my real name. It's a, Latin to English, it told me Alex is Latin for pickle. Uh, nice. Which I felt feel like, I would have found that out by last year. I pickle AJ. Well, I said I 
I literally said that because like what are the odds how how did I get to 26 and not know that Alex is Latin for pickle feels like that's not real yeah if you go on the Jumanji picture book Wikipedia page, it says Jumanji star Robin Williams said Jumanji is a Zulu word for a word meaning many effects. Though this is unverified, um, which one is interesting that it says Robin Williams said it, and two, I feel like that's incredibly easy to verify. Mm. That's that's Just what I'm saying. That's, ask that's someone who I'm speaks Zulu. It. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's interested, uh, many effects translates from English to Zulu as. Emu Fumela Emeningi. There you go. So maybe that should have been the title. (laughs) Speaking of dubious sources, though, Richard, according to Screen Rant, uh, Bruce Willis, Tom Hanks, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, Harrison Ford, Michael Keaton, Bill Paxton, Brian Cranston, and Arnold Schwarzenegger were all originally considered for the role of Alan Parrish. Okay, okay. The only one that I saw coming up more than once was Tom Hanks, but even that I I couldn't really verify by any means. Wikipedia says he was the first choice, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, first of all, Sean Connery would have been so old. Fucking garbage as well. Like, he would have been so old by this point. In in 1995, it would already be like in his late 50s. Um. But also, like, a pre-Malcolm in the Middle, Brian Cranston was considered for... Yeah. That doesn't I seem right at all. not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also on Wikipedia, um, accompanied by a citation needed note, it says that Kirstie Alley was considered for the role of Sarah Whittle. Uh, but I think that's just there because, like myself, someone else definitely falsely remembered Kirstie Alley as playing Sarah in this movie instead right. of Bonnie Hunt. There's, she's just got a Kirsty Alley-like quality to her. Not that she's a Republican. I don't know what, what, what I'm sensing there, but I always remembered it as Kirsty Alley for some reason. Wow. Um. So although Carl Bentley is the the he was when he when in 1969 he works for the shoe company, and then mm. in 1995 he's uh, he's a cop. Ooh. Um. He is shown to have still been an adult when Alan Parrish was a child, but David Alan Greer, who plays Carl, is actually four years younger, only four years younger than Robin Williams, um, who is also ten years older than Bonnie Hunt, even though they're supposed to be exactly the same age. Which is you did you and he's significantly me and was like, older than Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> well, then, I think that's fine, but because you you messaged me and was like, "How old are you? Like, basically, how old are you willing to believe Robin Williams is supposed yeah. to be? What do you What do you think? Uh, like he he looks in his forties. I mm. believe he's supposed to be thirty eight, but yeah. but withered by the jungle, you know. I can believe he's thirty eight though. <sighs> If you think about him after he shaves his beard and stuff, like he could be thirty. That's no, that's uh, yeah, no. Like the thing, when, while he has the beard, I could believe he's uh, thirty-eight and just has a big beard. When mm-hmm. he shaves, I'm like, this is a grown man. But thirty-eight is a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I I didn't have too much of too much trouble believing he'd be be that old. I do have trouble believing that Carl is twenty-ish years older than Robert Williams, though. Because he right, does yeah, not sure. look fifty-eight. <laughs> um, there's a really uh, interesting sort of 
I don't know if it's a phenomenon, but I've heard about it before where like there's a real specific to the time reference in this movie that lost its context as time went on. Ooh. And people kind of thought it meant something else. Uh, which is when uh Van Pelt, who's a a um a big game hunter who gets released from the game. Um, he's tr- he tries to buy a gun from the from the gun shop, and and the gun shop owner asks him. Uh, he's like, "You're not a postal worker, are you?" Which I think so many audiences would have been like, because he kind of looks like he's wearing a postman's uniform. Mm. Um, but what it's actually supposed to be referencing it's was like a going string postal. of yeah, yeah, but like a string of postal workers shooting people up in the, yeah. the mid 90s like like something that we just don't really associate with with postal workers anymore uh, but it's a really interesting example of um of of that sort of thing happening i watched a video recently which sort of uh explained away the uh you know in the simpsons when it went to the future in like the 90s yeah. and they referenced president trump and everyone's like, oh my God, they they referenced the future. And like, it's a video by JJ McCulloch. I would really recommend watching it. And mm. it went back and sort of examined what life was like at the time and why that joke was not that much of a stretch to make. Like it made perfect sense in the time. Well, well yeah, and, it's because he announced he was running for president a bunch of times and they yeah, were joking. Yeah. yeah, imagine if he actually got it. Yeah, exactly. The other thing yeah. that's like something that I like one of those like fun little facts about the film that was one of those things that I knew long before I watched the film because I I had seen before my eyes so many people's minds be blown by this fact but that Van Pelt the hunter is played by the same actor who played uh Alan Parrish's uh father and mm. it's like one of these things that's like yeah uh, yeah okay but like seeing people that like he, he, he is your childhood ruined. That's the same actor. And then people be like, what? Taking their friend. My mind is blown. And they go, what? Um, but, you know, I was like, okay, they look like the same actor. Jonathan Hyde, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's like, it's supported by the text as well. Like, it's not... It shouldn't destroy your childhood. It's like it's yeah, I, 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 I don't think that it's was using. Exactly what and, but like, because like the riddle that unleashes Van Pelt, I can't remember it off is, my heart. Here's a it, hunter played by your dad. It says here's a Kill hunter played by your dad. Kill him first, or you'll be sad. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, essentially, it says like someone from your past, etc. Like it's it's not hidden. It's yeah. not hidden in the text. <laughs> yeah, he's hidden under a bunch of makeup. Mm, that's true. Did you have any favorite moments in Jumanji that you wanted to sing out to? Well, I had one when I watched it the first time, and I was so excited to see it this time, and I and it's not in there. <laughs> when at the end of the film, when because it's like the whole thing is like when you reach Jumanji, you have to say Jumanji. Um, and to finish the game. Yeah, the the Van, Van Pelt is got Ron Williams at gunpoint. And he says, any last words? And I was like, Jumanji! <laughs> and then and then he's like, Jumanji, bitch. And then, but that's not actually what happens. It's very just like, Jumanji. It's and very I, Robin Williams, though. It is. It's a but very I, Robin Williams The first story. time I saw it, I remembered it being this like, fuck yeah moment. And this time I was like, oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, but I, I was, I remembered it being a stand up and cheer moment, you know? It feels like um, there were probably six or seven takes of that, of different ways to say Jumanji, and they went with the 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 warm, sort of crackly Robin Williams yeah. delivery instead of anything anything big or, or verbose. 
Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, that's interesting. I think maybe you confused it with the the much more interesting deliveries in the other movies. No, I did. I actually, um, I, I've this week have been looking through our messages to see when we've talked about Jumanji, because <laughs> a very normal thing to do I <laughs> between do, friends. I do this all the time. Um, <laughs> no, no, because I remember, I, I I think it happened in person though. But I remember you telling me that you never actually see the jungle in the original Jumanji. And I mm. was like, my mind was fucking blown. I had no idea. This was like yeah. a- after we started the podcast, so in the last five years. And I was trying to find when you told me that. Um, mm. But I think it must have been in person. Mm. But yeah, and so that was like a, this huge thing because I was only familiar with Welcome to the Jungle. And well, I think it was just before Welcome to the Jungle came out. And um, I was familiar with the... Um, uh, the the TV show which which features the jungle, yeah, yeah. So what I found when I was looking through the messages was um <laughs> me me saying to you like um Van Pelt any last words me stands up Jumanji, <laughs> and so I think that's how I remembered it. Um, right, I remember you, you... the version of me retelling it to you is <laughs> is what I remember, not the actual way it's in the film. That's really funny. Um, nice. Well, Richard, I know we're both eager to move through the first two movies as quick as possible. Uh, so I've got some dumb IMDb trivia to end our first discussion on Jumanji. For those who haven't listened to the show before, IMDb trivia is user-submitted, which means a lot of it is really poorly written or otherwise dumb in other ways. So here are some examples of some dumb IMDb trivia. Uh, it is not known who played the gun shop's the gun shop owner's assistant Louise in the movie and the, in the movie and the actress is not credited in the end credits. And to this day, the actress's identity remains a mystery. That's right. The woman that has like one line in the background of a shot, nobody knows who it is. And it remains a mystery. Like, okay. <laughs> I, I, do you reckon we could solve it? <laughs> I reckon it wouldn't be that hard. I reckon. Mm. How would the, you do it? How would one, you go about it? That I would um look see I would if I could find the any... body of Robin Williams. <laughs> no, I would look and see if I could find any production uh, notes on Jumanji or casting calls or like sk- schedules, call, and sheet. call sheets, and stuff like that. See if you can find it. But you don't just stumble um, across those things every day. No, but at the same time, like it's such a random mystery thing to to deem a mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure this information is still out there. <laughs> It's just this well, the one person that wrote this IMDb trivia entry doesn't know. <laughs> Maybe it was Louise herself who wrote it, trying to ma- make it make it so that there's mystery surrounding it. So then she comes back in a big way, and it's like on our podcast. That's right. I played the assistant in the gun shop in Jumanji. Uh, each player's path will cross each of their adjacent neighbor's path exactly twice. The player to their right first, and then the player on their left. It did not come up during the movie, but it is unknown how the game would react if a player's piece happens to obstruct the path of another player's piece. The one moving might continue unobstructed. The non-moving piece might be sent back to their start. The moving piece may merely have to stop until the obstructing piece moves. For what it's worth, it does not appear that two pieces could occupy the same square right people have studied this movie man people have like Like, um why would the player have to like why would the 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 player being intersected have to go back to the start that's such a bizarre suggestion yeah 
Weird. Uh, only the players whose the game choose can hear the drums to find it. <laughs> First of all, it's, not, it's just something that happens in the movie, but also the way it's worded. Only the players, comma, whose the game choose, comma, can hear the drums, comma, to find it. Who's the game <laughs> why, choose? Why are you talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the, finally, though the movie's plot differs greatly from that of the book on which it is based, the ending of the film is very similar, in which the game is found by two young children. In the book, the two children who find the game at, at the end are named Walter and Danny, the main characters from Zathura, a space adventure. However, the Zathura movie is a standalone film divorced from the Jumanji cinematic universe. All right, we've got our first call of someone saying it's not part of the franchise. <laughs> Here we go. Is there anything else you want to talk about with Jumanji before we move on to Zathura? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to trust the word of uh, beloved Golden Globe nominated actor Jack Black over some dumb IMDb trivia writer. Now well, let's to see if, fact you, if, check you, if he is a Golden Globe nominee. Let's see if you can trust the word of one John Favreau, who directed Zathura, A Space Adventure in 2005. <laughs> so- God, he was nominated for School of Rock and Bernie. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Our f- this is our fourth John Favreau film. Um, can you name the other three? Uh, for a film franchise. Jungle Book, I, Iron say. Man, Iron Man 2. Correct. Do you know what this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, like 78. It's got 76. What is this movie about? Uh, this is Zathura, but in space. It's Jumanji, but in space. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but this time, yeah, so two young brothers, and we'll get to them, <laughs> are drawn into an intergalactic adventure um, because their house, they, they play they play this game, this board game called Zathura, um, and very similar to Jumanji, it's, um, you know, each turn uh, you advance closer to the end, but you also, some, other, some kind of obstacle comes, and... Um, space-themed obstacles, specifically. Yeah, space-themed. Such and, as going to space. Yeah, so the first thing is that like when they start the game, their their house teleports to space, essentially. Um, mm. And then so they have to work together to finish the game. Uh, and they're aided by an astronaut played by Dax Shepard. And also their older sister, Lisa. Played by Chris Stewart. Yep, there you go. Uh, yeah, it's Jumanji in space. It's very much just Jumanji in space, and that's mm. not a bad thing. Uh, but what did you think of this film? Uh, like, I really like so much of this film. And, I, I like, I saw this years ago. Like, maybe in, mm-hmm. like, 2006 or seven, I saw this film on TV. And... Um and watched it recently again when I did my next level. I'm gonna watch all the Jabungies. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember really liking it. I remember being like, that's actually a pretty competent, pretty nice film. But my God, the two children, Walter and Danny, are f- infuriating. Mm. That like played t- by Josh Hutchison and Bobo ki- something. And the kid from um, Jonah Bobo from um, Crazy Stupid Love. Jonah Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's your your take, uh, yeah. Kid, but the kids are annoying. Yeah. Did you want more? <laughs> no, just just clarifying before I jump in with with the steel. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's an assist. 
Yeah, right. Because I can understand a lot of people, it, it's like very much like the Reddit hot take to be like, Zathura is actually better than Jumanji when it's like, that's what all the critics think as well. <laughs> like, you know, um, and I can understand people saying this is better. I think John Favreau is easily a better director than John jo- Joe Johnston. Uh, mm, but I yeah, Iron don't Man's think... Better than America. Yeah. I don't think the story is as good. And I think the characters are really annoying um i don't you 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 i hadn't seen this before i'd never seen this before watching it for this podcast and you had told me that there that like jojo bobo whatever his name is jonah bobo he's like a real he was you're like he's so bad in it i didn't think they were i didn't think the acting was bad it's just like yep that's how kids are like at that age well that's the thing it's like yeah that's they just scream at each other and they're just whiny and annoying yeah and yeah. so yeah, yeah it, it, it just seems it just becomes frustrating but like the, the entire movie um is just jonah boba so danny does something babyish and mm. then walter says don't be a baby and he goes i'm not a baby <laughs> and it's like that's the most babyish reaction you could possibly come up with um this is one of those things because that we're like because you had an older sister and i had an older brother like i'm relating to it in a way that you're not like they have an older sister too i that's true but i remember like having like living in like in the same bedroom as my brother we shared a bedroom and like being so so angry at him one day and he just threw a comb at my head and i i was very like i remember standing my ground because i was so fed up of being (laughs) like bullied by him and he threw a comb and it hit me in the in my forehead like right above my eye and i remember i didn't move and i just was had tears in my eyes and i was like that hurt (laughs) i remember doing shit like that (laughs) Um, and so that, and then that seems like it's actually a, it's actually a very realistic portrayal of a brotherly dynamic. Well, okay, maybe, may, okay, maybe I'm wrong, and then it is a perfect movie. But like, <laughs> I like like I said, there is so much I love about this film. You, you said you don't think the story is as good. I think it, I kind of think it is. I don't think there's as much heart. There's not as much. Okay, whatever. As, yeah, sure. But like, I think like they're both really interesting <laughs> stories, like ways to do the story, and especially because I all my life I just assumed that Jumanji had the exact same plot as the Thura, but with the jungle. And so the thing of like a kid goes missing for 26 years, like that to me is the most interesting part of Jumanji is that it's someone reappearing after 26 years missing. Yeah, yeah. But Zathura does the really nice, like, uh, kind of what you said you liked about the first one. I didn't like so much about the first one. I think it's done better in Zathura of, like, here's a new threat every game, mm-hmm. e- e- every yeah. every turn kind of thing. And I, I, I love how, like, so this, this film was shot, like, entirely in sequence, and they just destroyed the house in real time. So it was yeah. like... You know, the media showers, okay, cool, we're fucking blowing up the living room today. And then we just leave it like that for the rest of the shoot because, you know, they, they don't fix it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so, like, a lot of practical effects and it made, made it a lot better, like, for the for the child actors and stuff. It was also, um, and, and, like, I, I, uh, I love as well that there's, like, there's only, like, six or seven actors in this film. There's, like, right. the dad, the two kids, Dax Shepard, the older sister, and Frank Oz voices the robot. That's it. Mm. Yeah. No, you're right. That that is a cool kind of thing about it. And um, yeah, the what, I, what you said about the practical effects, I agree. Is it's 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 a very very kind of cool looking film if you're into like if you if you're a practical effects guy, then this is very rewarding. I think, and I mm. I think that is 
again another another way in which it's definitely a better directed film than mm. jumanji and that like yeah. this is probably the clearest like director vision of any of them of mm. any of the jumanji films sure. is like john favreau like really wanting to to do something with it um the, the zorgons which are these lizard like aliens which attack them the way that, that they are sort of gradually revealed in the story is one quite scary but also mm. like quite uh it's it's done very tastefully like you see like the snout of one of them at one point and mm. and stuff like that it's very cool yeah and, and like this was the film he made immediately before iron man as well right there there you go mm. one thing that uh that i think is really funny in this film is that uh Dax shepherd there's a plot twist at the end where it's revealed that Dax shepherd is actually josh hutchison from the future and in like the original timeline he uh got got given a wish by the game a shooting star and he wished his little brother was never born and then couldn't finish the game and so was stuck in the galaxy of zathura for 15 years before finding them playing it again Mm. uh and Kristen Stewart, who's been frozen for most of the movie, when she thaws out, she's like, oh my God, we're in space, what's going on? And then uh, Dax Shepard at one point like pulls her out of the way of some on- oncoming danger and, and like looks her and says, stick with me and you'll be safe. And she like gazes up into his eyes and she's all like in love with him. And, and then she, she says something out, like, I'll never leave your side or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... Um, and an entirely separate plot beat you find out that it's it's older josh hutchison in a way that it's not until everything is returned to normal that you go wait <laughs> Kristen stewart had a crush on him and then like i like that they don't shy away from that it's it's kind of yeah like, well, when like, you find out it was him yeah, there's a reaction shot of Kristen stewart being like oh yeah yeah it's a great comedy beat um and then and then and, at the end it comes back as well which is like I like that they weren't afraid to do that. That like yeah, yeah, they acknowledge exactly. that Josh Hutchison remembers that and is like, and he, he makes some crack. About, He's like, um, do you still think I have dreamy eyes or yeah. something like that? God, imagine how you'd feel if you were the, if you the like admitted system. you want to fuck your brother. Because <laughs> also she it's says, like, um, like when she finds out, she's like, oh, I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, 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 man, it's great. I love that they include that in there. Um, it's very, it's such an unkid friendly thing to put to in your kid friendly movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, interestingly, though, Richard, in a uh, true head to head of the governing forces that we usually use uh, when deciding if certain nuanced entries in a franchise do, in fact, belong in the same franchise together, uh, John Favreau doesn't consider Zathura connected to Jumanji. Uh, he didn't like Jumanji, and he, he said it's, it's that. It's so um, funny that it's just like no i don't really consider it a sequel um why not i i just i don't like the first one (laughs) (laughs) uh chris van allsberg the author of the the zathura and jumanji books also says that zathura is very different from jumanji but that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing so so is welcome Um, to the jungle (laughs) they they were uh produced by different companies though Mm. and marketed by the studio marketed by the studios taking place in the same fictional universe but like a lot of the stuff that we usually use to decide this is not lining up here like the the literal director the 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 word of god like there are several conflicting words of god happening here and what do you think richard who do you believe in uh i think it's uh it's it's one of the rare cases of something like and this is something that you i feel like you always want to do and i always resist um but like the retroactively folding something into a franchise 
I think it's one of those things that was t- that was borderline enough when it came out, and now that the franchise has continued, and well, I mean, we'll probably get to this with continuing the franchise, but the way they were promoting the next level and being like, ah, uh-uh, Zathura counts. I think it's going to come back in. Right, that's film. a good call. Yeah, I, but I remember when Zathura came out like on my own thinking it's jumanji in space but i also distinctly remember not seeing that officially said yeah 100 percent. yeah i i was like they just ripped off jumanji right like yeah. but and without realizing it to be. oh it was based on a book that's a sequel to jumanji yeah, oh, yeah it yeah. was um actually marketed as being part of it yeah i remember wanting it to be considered a jumanji sequel and while i was annoyed that mm. it didn't seem to be marketed that way uh yeah jack black who we'll talk about a few times when it comes to what is this franchise in terms of like what entries count um he is weirdly very passionate about Sathura being yeah, part of the franchise yeah. like um, if i have to go with word of god canon i'm gonna pick jack black yeah yeah i do i wrote here he, though he is weirdly passionate about a lot, a lot of things so maybe i shouldn't be um that surprised uh speaking of uh of jack black though tim robbins who plays the dad in zathura walks past a tenacious d poster in Kristen stewart's room which makes the original jumanji the only movie in the series to not feature jack black in any capacity and for what it's worth tim robbins would go on to play the stranger in tenacious d the pick of destiny movie (laughs) Uh, and in this same scene Kristen stewart uh lamenting that her dad doesn't trust her dating boys says we should have never rented 13 a film directed by Catherine hardwick who'd go on to direct Kristen stewart and twilight so there's like <laughs> three or four unintentional idiosyncrasies yeah, yeah. happening in that one scene some that hadn't even happened yet most of actually all yeah. of them hadn't happened yet it's like one big yeah. signpost for we, um, we two, three other films rented 13 is such a funny line i remember that <laughs> yeah, i remember 13 being a movie that like my sister watched around the age of 13 and mm. was like i don't think my parents were super happy about but it is um <laughs> I, I, i'd be so interested to go back and watch that like i i don't think i've ever actually seen the movie but i remember Neither. like the cover of it i've seen bits of it and t- at the time i was like you know I, I if my sister was around 13 i would have been around 10 and i was like yeah. fuck these girls are so old you know like they're into drugs. <laughs> like but the whole point of the movie is they're into drugs and and alcohol and whatnot um but like watching that yeah, film yeah it was a very now, exciting plot for a movie when i was 13 i would feel like it's illegal if i went back yeah, and watched yeah, it yeah um but like it would be so interesting to watch now being like being you know more than twice the age of these of these characters mm. and being like what watching it through the lens of like these are actually literal children yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. it would hit differently. Not that I've actually already seen it the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so even though the, the original Jumanji is the only one to not feature Jack Black, um, Zathura is the only film in the series to not at any point be set at Christmas because the other three, mm. uh, the next level is like explicitly set at Christmas, whereas the other two, uh, like the first one ends at Christmas. And I think the, fir- the, the Welcome to the Jungle ends at uh, Christmas Yeah, it ends well. at Christmas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. According to IMDb Trivia, Walter accuses Danny of cheating after noticing his piece is ahead. That's this whole thing where he's like, you're cheating! And then he... Because well, the whole thing is he's like, I don't want to play the game with you because you always cheat. And Danny's, yeah. and Danny's like, um, no, I'm not going to cheat. And then he does cheat. And it's like, did, did you well, not understand the stakes? <laughs> 
because because Walter thinks he's cheated and then pulls his tile back and then Walter gets ejected from the game for cheating that time. And then I kept I kept waiting for it to like bring up how Danny didn't actually cheat in this case. Mm. He the the actor is playing it like he doesn't want to get in trouble. Um and but then it never comes back to it because why wouldn't Danny get also ejected? Well, cuz the game wasn't looking. <laughs> well, here's a piece of IMDb trivia which outlines what actually happens. Right. This is like a um battle of the five armies who are the actual five armies situation (laughs) um so walter accuses danny of cheating after noticing his piece is ahead of walter's when it was actually his piece that was ahead of danny's the sequence of the two boys turns leading up to this point is as follows danny got a total of 28 turns five four seven six and six and walter got a a total of 37 turns nine plus move ahead two spaces eight plus eight six plus move ahead four spaces and eight since he got the most amount of turn more more turns than danny walter's piece should be nine pieces of head of danny's proving that he did in fact cheat so you're right but like why i feel like the guy it's like this weird well yeah 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 it's it's that (laughs) yeah it's it's and it it is a a bit of a a plot error but it's i don't know i mean I, i guess the only thing that it would be like that that would make me think the game, the, like what the game considers cheating, is would be that um, it was Walter touching Danny's piece, mm. because there is a whole right. thing, especially like especially in the original Jumanji, there's a whole thing about whose piece is what, and you can't do anything with the other player's yeah, pieces. Yeah. But yeah, it would make sense in this one if it's like, yeah, that's why it fucked with um with uh Walter because because he was moving another player's piece rather than his own, right. Right. Right, we'll round off our discussion on Zathura with a couple of pieces of dumb IMDb trivia. Uh, guess what most of the IMDb trivia for this movie is, Richard? Repeated over and over again. <laughs> what? Is this a sequel to Jumanji? Oh. <laughs> or it's not! <laughs> uh, but here's what here's, here's some pieces that I picked up. Despite not being a sequel to Jumanji, <laughs> there are, however, some references in the film. Here are what it lists as the references to it being related to Jumanji. One, both feature an event when landing on a corresponding space. And two, the players must finish the game in order to return to reality. And that's all it lists. It lists two things <laughs> when there are a hundred things <laughs> about the films. Both are about a board game, for example. Both mm. include a character who's been lost for over a decade. You know, like, it's, like, it's so funny. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> uh, it's like someone started that list and then got bored um and lastly on if you go on the imdb trivia for this movie one of the imdb trivia says italian censorship visa number 99631 delivered on 13th of february 2006 oh that early (laughs) not a fucking piece of trivia what is this talking about um couple of (laughs) like i accidentally got in there (laughs) (laughs) couple of fun things i've found out um, so one, so th- this this film also like it's worth mentioning, and I feel like we could keep talking about Zathura for ages. Actually, uh, Zathura like famously bombed at the box office, and mm-hmm. it, it, and is considered like you know one of those movies that like no one went to see. There's a bunch of like reasons that you can talk to John, and you can talk to John Favreau. I'm sure I'd be happy to chat about why his film bombed. Um, but <laughs> he like, has actually talked about it. Yeah, he, he's talked about it a lot. That's what, that's what I was saying. That like, if you ask John Favreau, he, he's got a number of reasons as to why he thinks the film bombed. 
I, I think it's to do with like the, the poor marketing and yeah, yeah. I, there was another film that came out around the same time that usurped it kind of thing. But um, one thing that they did do in attempts to, um, you know, you know, push, push the, the, the name Zathura out there, which I've also just found out if you translate from Zulu to English, Zathura means silent. Um, which is Thank actually like cool and, and, and works uh, with the space theme, <laughs> but um, that uh, they did a tie-in episode of The Apprentice. Um, mm. So <laughs> um, that's right. Film Donald franchise Trump. follow-ups for our Patreon. That would actually be a pretty interesting one if we could find yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so it's it's season four, episode five. Uh, John Favreau appeared as a guest judge, and the two teams were ta- assigned with the task of designing and building a float to publicize the movie. And it was uh, Favreau's first Comic Con promoting the film. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Good on you, Favreau. You tried, and that's all that matters. You know. Yeah, and you look like now, you had fun look, making it. Look where you are now. <laughs> look at where you came from. Look at you now. All right, so we'll move on now, Richard, to the movies that I think we both probably wanted to talk about more than the ones we have been talking about, which is, of course, beginning with Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle in 2017. This was directed by Jake Kasdan, and this is our first Jake Kasdan film for Film Franchise Fortnite, though we have previously discussed Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story over on Patreon. And on the the main channel. Oh, that's true. There's, there's, there's a Patriots we, we put it on the, There you go. Uh, what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? A million. <laughs> Correct. It has a million percent. Only film with a million percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, one of two. One of two. The second one being uh, <laughs> <laughs> the bench warmers for some reason. <laughs> uh, it's 70, 76 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is similar score to Pirates of the Caribbean, I th- I believe. Whether they're like high but low, l- low for high score. Yeah. What is Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle about? Well, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle is about um, a group of teenagers who get given detention. Uh, and in detention, they find this video game called Jumanji. They play it, they select their characters, and then they are sucked into the video game. Now, and this is the hook of the film, um, they're now, they now are being played by avatars who are all, you know, A-list actors. So you have Dwayne Johnson, um, who is Dr. Smolder Bravestone, who is the avatar for Spencer, who is um, like a... a socially awkward nerdy kid with allergies kind of thing so you have now he's you know embodied the dwayne johnson um Mm -hmm. you have kevin hart as um uh, mouse finbar who is the Mm -hmm. uh, the backpack guy he's a zoologist that's like his main thing um so he knows a lot about all the animals you find in the jungle and he's he carries all uh, brave stars weapons and then that character is fridge who's um your kind of classic a uh, football player um like jock and um is friends with spencer from way back but they're not as close anymore um and so his whole his whole thing is that he's you know his character he's he's a very like um physically imposing kind of person you know your typical mm. um, quarterback kind of thing and is put into the small body of kevin hart um it is worth mentioning as well if you haven't seen the film that fridge um the like the, the real world person is also black um, and mm-hmm. because it becomes more important than next sure. one. Then you have Jack Black, who is um, Shelley Oberon, the curvy genius, 
who um, cartography so is the only one that can see the map inside um, the game. And yeah, I mean, it looks like Jack Black, so it wasn't exactly the, the, the best character to have in an adventure game. Um, <laughs> and Shelley Oberon is an avatar for uh, Bethany, who in the real world is um, your classic popular vapid self-obsessed hot girl in the body of yeah. jack blake obviously with the comedic results and rounding out that cast we have karen gillen who is ruby roundhouse who's like a the a sexy femme fatale martial artist you know, lara croft type lara croft type yeah and um she's um play uh the real world character is martha who's like a socially awkward um quiet shy kind of girl so in the game they they um, they realize that they have to finish the game to achieve to to get out of Jumanji, and while in there as well, they meet Nick Jonas's um, what's a uh, seaplane McDonough, Alex. Oh, yeah. uh, who's a who's a pilot um, who is much in the same way as Alan Parrish in the first film. They find out is actually a kid who got sucked into the game in 1996 um, and is now been. And actually, like, kind of following on from where we leave the board game Jumanji at the end of the 1995 film, the game itself realizes no one plays um, mm. board games anymore, which has now become a dated reference, um, <laughs> but and transforms itself into a video game to suck um, Alex Vreek into the game. And it's the same kind of thing of, like, there's, there's a house in this small town that people are like, yeah, that's where that kid fucking disappeared. And the family Freak went house. crazy. And so, yeah, together they, they, they band together. They learn to love, they learn about themselves and um, they achieve the mission. The object of the game is to take the this the jewel of Jumanji and yeah. place it back in this big Jaguar statue. And there's a there's a villainous uh, Bobby Carnavale after them um, and they've got to put it back into the statue of the Jaguar and call its name, uh, much in the same way that Robin Williams triumphantly shouted it at the end of the first <laughs> film. But in this yeah. film, it actually is like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's okay. So, yeah. and also Reese Reese Darby plays um an NPC who's the who uh, guides them through the, the film. In a in a rare occasion of like yeah fuck it, give that guy a New Zealand accent. That yeah, works yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome uh, to th- Jumanji. Welcome to Jumanji. There you go, everybody. That's We've both done <laughs> you've got a genuine New Zealand accent too doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think of Jumanji? Welcome I to the love jungle. this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. so good. <laughs> like, it's so it's good. It's so good. I remember. It's okay. Okay. Flashback to 2016, um, probably 2016, maybe early 2017. So they said, we're making a new Jumanji film. Everybody said, fuck that. You know, like, fuck you. Because you, you, Robin Williams had died only a couple of years earlier. And it was like this, oh my God, you cannot touch Jumanji. Mm. They're casting Kevin Harden. Oh my God. And then um, a while later, this um, the first image of it comes out, everyone in their costumes. And you're like, okay, well, Dwayne Johnson, we've seen him in a jungle fucking countless times. Jack Black's always fun. Okay, Kevin Hart. But then the like Ruby, this Karen Gillan, like over-sexualized, like, oh, why would she be wearing that in a jungle? This film is going to be fucking terrible. Then the first trailer comes out and I watch it and I go, this looks pretty funny. And mm. like, this looks pretty good. And I'm like, and at this point, I have zero attachment to the original Jumanji. I'm expecting everyone to go and, and they kind of do at the time, go, oh, this looks like trash. Like, oh, this, and... 
I read comments. Some people are like, actually, this looks kind of good, but you know, they're, they're expecting something from Jumanji. They, they, they're so attached to the original. And then the film comes out and fucking my God, it's incredible. It's like, it's one of the, it's the best, it's one of the best cinema going experiences I've had in my entire life. Like it's, yeah. it's the, I, my, my initial review for it. There's the one, the first review I wrote on Letterboxd said, um, this is the most fun you can have in the cinema without doing the old circle, uh, the hole in the bottom of the popcorn trick. Um, <laughs> Yuck, man. Fuck. <laughs> 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 it was 2017. It was a different time. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like right at the height of the Me Too movement as well. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I mean, not that. If two consenting adults would not come Yeah, exactly. If they want to have fun in the cinema, <laughs> do it. I mean, it's also illegal, but that's a different issue. Yeah. But, like, this is, the, like, and, uh, like, I'm sure we're going to talk about this for ages, but, I, like, I and you love this movie so much. It's a perfect film. It's, mm. oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I I legit think this is a perfect film. I say that without blushing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think it's a perfect film. I think it's pure blockbust. If yeah. blockbust is a commodity, if it's a if it's a, an ore that you have to mine, that you have to tap into, yeah. I think this is like This is the mine. <laughs> this is the mine. Um, I think it's super fun. It's a hilarious family adventure, the likes of which haven't been seen, I don't think, since the original Pirates of the Caribbean film. I remember watching yeah. this for the first time and being like, they haven't made a movie like this in like 15 years. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's almost a shame that it's like you've technically got to say that it's a sequel to other mm. films because it very easily could just be its own thing it ostensibly is it, it does so much new stuff that it's ostensibly the first original blockbuster adventure franchise since transformers maybe i don't know yeah um what i love most about this movie though is that it's essentially an acting exercise and it reminds me of um high school drama doing as in the class not Oh, so and so kissed so and so. Um, like take, <laughs> taking taking drama in high school, where you'd get cast as characters like indiscriminately of what you physically looked like. You know, like in, in high school, I played friends' dads. I played an elderly psychiatrist yeah. for one thing. I I played um like a Tarantino esque gangster. I played a witch once in high school. You know, and this is the kind of luxury that you can't get away with in film ever you can yeah. never do that in film and you can't even really get away with it on like professional stage acting even that is like kind of cast to the person as well um and i think this film is an immensely underrated experiment of casting where the challenge is actually to spectacularly miscast all the avatar characters mm. you know um which is really smart as well because the four leads are all in real life like these seemingly blatant high school stereotypes you've got you've li it's like literally the nerd the jock the popular girl and mm. like the weird shy girl and because we're also universally familiar with those archetypes they don't need that much setting up before we see them portrayed by their polar opposites you know so Dwayne Johnson's a nerd now like that's ridiculous and, yeah. and like or, or like they 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 are literally like all and it's not my it's like the obvious thing to do they're all playing the opposite of the type of person they are yeah or that that you would think of that stereotype um and if the characters were more original or nuanced I'd don't think it would work if 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 
uh, Spencer wasn't just a nerd. If there was a little bit more to him, or if we if we saw that in the beginning, the body switch wouldn't read as well because it's too complex now. We need to know too much about the character. And so if you just think about them as like the most basic stereotypes, it's such an entertaining movie. And then through the avatars themselves, we actually learn that they aren't really stereotypes and that ultimately the film is like a lesson and not judging people based on preconceived notions. Yeah. Um, like for example, uh, there's a scene between um, Jack Black and Karen Gillan where where they talk about how like oh you would never like me because you're the popular girl and and I can't remember the lines exactly but Jack Black basically talks about how like nobody takes her seriously and, and yeah. you know it's it's very it's 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 such a nice touch to put in the movie that you totally wouldn't have had to put in the movie and I would never have noticed but to <laughs> give substance to the characters and do it through fucking the guy from School of Rock is mm. so funny and kind of beautiful in a way you know, and I actually think it's excellent, and I don't know why you and I seem to be the only people in the world that are this passionate <laughs> about these these two movies. People don't necessarily hate them, but like, I don't think you're going to see a lot of other five star reviews for this yeah. on Letterboxd. You know, like, oh my god, like they're, they're just they're so fucking good, and it's like the best performances any of um Kevin Hart's best performance and and Kyle the Rocks are saved for the second film, but like, mm. fuck, everyone is. so so good in these and yeah. um and the thing is that like it's interesting because you you, you do that they're stereotypes and it is like when you're you've only got five ten minutes with the kids you kind of you need to lean into those stereotypes yeah, a little absolutely, bit to, exactly. to be like to, to the shorthand then the second film actually does something really interesting with that which we'll talk about but um mm-hmm. like my god karen gillen and the girl that plays um uh, Martha, who Martha. is um, uh, Martha Morgan Turner, they're like incredible. It's actually mm. like one person. It's insane. You forget mm. you're watching, like yeah, it actually is fully embodied the Avatar and like and and even Jack Black who could just come to set, put on a, a bit of like of a, of a Valley Girl kind of voice and um just say like totally whatever you know instead there's there's all these little ticks and we see mm. them in Bethany and it's 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 su- there's such lived in characters for something that like you say is like an acting exercise to just be like just play okay the rock you're a nerd and like the rock who Dwayne Johnson who's not even um you know necessarily the the strongest actor like this there's, there's again there's so many small little things he's able to do that you're like fuck this is actually um alex wolf i'm watching and even yeah. like kevin hart is clearly the weak link and he and he totally has his time to shine in the second film but mm. the um you, what, well what, kevin hart it's less of an acting thing and more of a character thing yeah yeah it's, like it, it's the, the person in control is now second fiddle yeah 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 that's that's more what it's doing but um watching the the second film watching them watching them so close together there is because you see a bit more of of the real world fridge and you see fridge and different characters i think that it is one of those things where there's probably a little bit like they did in looper where it's like okay um sidarius blaine who is the the real world fridge it's like you kind of have to be a bit kevin hardy so that he doesn't have to do as much right. work whereas like right. you know, <laughs> in, in looper it's like okay just gonna live you have to transform yourself into bruce willis because we want bruce willis um he's yeah. not and, and he's not gonna fucking try you know yeah yeah <laughs> but then uh, yeah you kind of you like 
watching them now because when I watched the first time, I just go, okay, and Kevin Hart's just Kevin Hart. There, there is a, actually a little bit of work done there that I appreciated watching the, this time. Mm, sure, yeah. Um, I've got some some favorite moments that I want to just gush over yeah, okay. in this film. Um, is first it the of all, entire film. Oh my god. I yeah, yeah. I was so gonna much. say. First of all, Jack Black just is steals the show he's so good he's so good and it's i was thinking about this it's interesting like i don't fondly remember rob schneider in the hot chick you know so clearly jack black is doing something a little bit more than just being a hot girl you know as you were saying there's more to it um but my favorite scenes in this movie include uh jack black teaching karen gillen how to flirt because they've got to seduce some guards so they can get past them and it's just this great scene um where like it's it's clearly very improvised of of Jack Black and it's like Karen Gillan who's like the stunning beautiful woman mm. and Jack Black and the power the like again it's high school drama it's mm. the power the power dynamic yeah. you know and and it's it's such a fun thing to watch and I've se- I'm sure I've said this before on the podcast but I love the fish out of water character trope i think Mm. i think you can mine that for so much beautiful character nougat and this is a a plethora of that this is this is so much fish out of water and that's kind of a scene that exemplifies that where like you you think about how practically they would have done that they're like karen gillen who i'm sure is a very confident woman they're probably very confident in her body especially because Mm. of like what she's wearing in the film Mm. and like how she carries herself like there's something um there's something really endearing and like uh it proves how good of an actress she is that she can be wearing these clothes and looking great but like kind of like hiding her midriff with her hands mm. and like very clearly like in playing insecure while yeah, not yeah, looking yeah. insecure because, yeah, so if, if you if you like and you choose the high school drama thing it's like if you see it okay walk from um left to right um and and you're insecure that's your motivation um mm there's so many ways you would do that but then when you're when you're stuck in this like incredibly revealing outfit yeah and and it's and it's it's but also and and as the film progresses she kind of learns and and it's that's one of the amazing things about the film as well is that actually has these like really positive messages about Mm. um like uh loving yourself and it and it comes from like so you know for for spencer and small to bravestone it's like no the courage was within me all along um, you are and, the rock you always were the rock. yeah but for, but for bethany <laughs> it's like no uh it, it's not even like image isn't everything it's more like you can be beautiful no matter what like yeah and, and it, it, yeah it's it's and it's that deconstruction of stereotype again that it's yeah. like it's all fucking made up and you can be your avatars or you can not be your avatars yeah. and people are actually in love with who you are and not who yeah. you think you know um and so I think all of that is kind of like exemplified in that that scene where he's teaching how to flirt. Maybe I just think it's really funny to see someone who looks like Jack Black teaching someone who looks like Cara Gillan how to walk sexily. And yeah, like <laughs> yeah, the idea of having a scene like like imagine a scene on paper where you have Karen Gillan, gorgeous Scottish woman, and Jack Black, um, and 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 it's like you give you give one dialogue, one line of dialogue, and make a scene out of this, and you give the line to Karen Gillan, and it says, um, "I could never be as pretty as you." Yeah, 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 right. yeah totally. <laughs> and it's it's like okay, make that work, and it's 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 so good. Yeah. Um, my other favorite moment, a similar moment, is uh, when Karen Gillan and Dwayne Johnson, who the characters have crushes on each other, um, when they confess their feelings for each other uh, and they kiss even though they don't know how. 
Um, and it's like it's so funny and yeah. it's sweet. I'm so by this point I'm so invested in the characters as well. Like which like how often am I like legitimately invested in a love story in a film? You know, but yeah, the, how and, often are you legitimately invested in the rock? Yeah, right. And but in this I am, and they kiss, and they're trying to like use tongue, but it's just it's just Dwayne Johnson and Karen Gillan like mashing their faces together and sticking their tongues out. It's so funny, and oh my god, it's such a good scene and i'm so glad like this specific scene was was conceived you know Mm. where what of all of all the things of all the opportunities that the premise of this film gives you i'm so glad that that's one of them that Mm. it's like because even even like Karen Gillan and The Rock, if they were like playing love interests in an, in a movie where they were just playing themselves, that would also be weird. So there's still like a little bit of like weird matching of of lovers there. Um, but again, it just it just em- exemplifies that fish out of water stuff, that acting exercise stuff. When I was writing up the plan for this episode, it took me ages to get to these movies because I was Mm. writing a bunch of other stuff first. And by the time I got here and I started writing, I was like, I don't actually have that much to say because it all just comes back to that, that like endless enjoyment I get out of like someone gave the rock the best role he probably didn't know he needed, Mm. you know, like this is such an opportunity for any actor in this film to like play the opposite of what you are and it'd be narratively earned and narratively justified. Um, I also really love, we've talked about it a couple of times already. Um, so the rock gets to the top of the, the big jaguar statue karen gillen's character loses her second to last life and so she spawns in mid-air and starts falling back down to earth and she's got the the, the gym they trade they like jump into the air and the rock grabs it and she falls and then he puts it in the head and nothing happens and the bad guy's looking up at them like what the hell and then everyone goes call its name jumanji jumanji and dwayne johnson goes jumanji and the camera like pans back and i want to cry it's, i, I know cry. Yeah. i actually you, so I, you stand powerful. up a chair. and also there's like a moment and i remember in the cinema everyone being like say jumanji say jumanji like, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 like everyone's on the edge of their seat and like so hyped up but also one thing about that and and there's a lot of this in these films and there's a couple of things i'll, I'll probably point out but earlier on in the film there's a bit where kevin and it's so funny when I mean, kevin hart drops the um <laughs> Drops oh my the, god it's drops so the jewel. it's the funniest joke in the film it's the funniest joke um, he the drops film. the thing and they're like did you just drop the jewel and he's like yeah and it's crazy because i i know we need that <laughs> <laughs> and it, <yeah. laughs> it's like how you word something when you, everyone you know everyone's angry at you but you're trying to like circumvent that like yeah we're all really mad that this happened hey eh? <laughs> yeah i do that i do that when like i had a call from my landlord last year because um our pallet fire started smoking and so the fire department was called like we called the company and the fire and a fire engine came and it cost our landlord Landlord like two grand, and he called me up, and he's like, "This costs two thousand dollars." And instead of like apologizing or anything, I immediately was like, "That sucks, man." Oh, what the hell? Why are they charging? You know, like I yeah. got on his side, and he's like sort of this like dopey old man, so I was able to like mm. again circumvent that and stop him from yeah. being mad. It's not my fault. I'm I'm there with you. I'm standing next to you, being mad at the fire yeah. engine. But, <laughs> it's like, like that. Just, it's such a great yeah, and and. The, and and the whole, yeah, it, it, it's such a relatable thing. But uh, that wasn't even my, my point of, of it, was that um, 
the the way they kind of um they they get the jewel back is they're like okay well Kevin Hart you go down grab the jewel and then and then you'll die and we can grab mm. you which establishes um, for Karen Gillan, that if you die, you still hold on to the gem. Oh, because true. that's such yeah, a yeah. massive fucking risk to take at the end that she kills herself while holding the gem to fall from the sky, which yeah, is like, yeah. why would you think that you would hold on to it? But we're mm. shown earlier in the film that you do. And it's not even like you never have a character realize this. It's just one of those like plot hole proofing things. Yeah, totally. That's It's such good screenplay, isn't yeah. it? The, I mean, it's, there's it's so Cass- much stuff like Caston, that so where it's like, like you didn't, I you didn't need to do this, or mm. like you might not even be fucking aware of how clever it is that you did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but yeah, that that like Jumanji call. It's if I could describe that in one word, it's cathartic. It's Jumanji, and that's and that's <laughs> it's cathartic. <laughs> um, and the, and catharsis is the best thing I think a movie can make me feel. Yeah. I think it's just it's so magical, um, and it kind of evokes. A lot of this movie, when I'm cheering and when I'm nearly crying in this movie, it evokes like what it's like when you're on a game night and like you're playing a game with a group of people and you all get really invested into it. Like you yeah. can imagine playing a Jumanji esque game and everyone screaming Jumanji at the oh my god, it's so wholesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other favorite moment? We haven't. I've got some production stuff we can talk about, but do, are there any other sort of just things you want to gush over in this movie? Uh, so much. Hmm. I like it might come up again. Yeah, stuff will come up for the next level. This because yeah, no, I'll save it for the next level. Okay, um, so I I thought the same as you when you were like um you couldn't believe that you never see the jungle in the original Jumanji, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I was thinking about that, and I was like, it's it's so surprising that it took over twenty years for any kind of big budget direct Jumanji follow up to happen. When it's like it's oh, it's weird that it's not in the original Jumanji. Mm. That's weird that you don't show the jungle. That a character <laughs> like, spends twenty six years somewhere. In yeah, Jumanji. that is. That's so weird. Um, yeah. Um, so it's 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 crazy to think that it never showed up. But according to a late '90s article, you can find this. Mm. Ain't it cool news? I'm so um, yeah. From I'm so good. Yeah. A, yes. A 1999 article, a direct sequel was in the works and planned for a 2000 release and would have involved John Cooper, the President of the United States, buying Jumanji from an old antique store in Europe and bringing it to the White House to play with his children, one of whom, Butch, just wants a dad, not a president, for a father. Uh, Cooper then gets sucked into the world of Jumanji, paving the way for his evil vice president, who is supposed to be played by Steve Buscemi, to rise to power as Cooper's replacement inside the game Cooper would have teamed up with hybrid animals which were going to be animated with CGI so there was a in jungle set Jumanji yeah. sequel I fucking love that that's so interesting really I don't know I like, think no, not like, like a... I, I love that like we have such a detailed idea of what Jumanji right, 2 would have sure. looked like and it's like right down to like the casting of the villain yeah yeah. The, 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 I, yeah. I, I find that so fascinating because I, yeah, I didn't know that till this week but it's like oh fuck yeah like I really don't like the idea of the president being the main character. What? It's a fictional president, but in anything, it's like, that's a, I don't know if I want the president to be the main character. That's very relatable, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. fucking being the president. Um, and especially like nothing in the story says it should, that it needs to be the president of the United States. Well, the, the villain be... is, I'm sure the stakes would be high if you've got the vice president. The sure, villainous. I guess so. 
Yeah, maybe. It's still it's still like a kind of a left of field mm. idea. Well, it's also funny, it's like, like having like an evil vice president. It's like you've <laughs> yeah. chosen as your running mate, John Cooper. <laughs> um, so obviously this didn't happen. Um, and as rumblings of the eventual film we got emerged in the early to mid 2010s, as you mentioned, there was a lot of outcry arose from doing a Jumanji reboot so soon after Robin Williams' death. Mm. Um, and people did think this was a reboot for a long time. It had it just was called Jumanji. Jumanji. It had the working title Jumanji, um, and but the final ti- the fi- the title Welcome to the Jungle was actually suggested uh, by Jack Black, who it. apparently was singing Welcome to the Jungle all the way through production, which is very funny, and I can imagine Jack Black doing that just because he's in a jungle. Well, and also, you know? um, <laughs> him and uh, Nick Jonas wrote a theme song for the film. Did you ever hear that? No, I didn't. I, I was reading about it. Though. Yeah, it, it's like um, they would just do it on talk shows, and they made like a, a, a kind of shitty music video for it. Like I say, <laughs> shitty and like low budget kind of thing. But yeah, it was just like you know, you have two musicians on set, and they all start to jam together, and they just made this like funny mm. Jumanji song that they would yeah perform on chat shows. <laughs> um. It is, of course, though, not a reboot um, and explicitly set in the same universe, for those who maybe don't remember. Um, there is a part where they, they go to, like, Nick Jonas's little hut that he's built for himself and written... Well, he actually hasn't built it because written on the plank is Alan Parrish was here, meaning he built this, which paints an interesting picture of what life would have been like in the world of Jumanji for Alan. Uh, but it's also interesting to note as well that, like, he wouldn't have been an avatar because this was the board game version. So he would have just been his actual self and mm. somehow he survived in Jumanji. Like it's mm. it's pretty it's there you know how like end of end game, Captain America returns the, the stones. Yeah. And we never see it, but it feels like this massive opportunity for a story, but we're not shown it. I get the same thing with Alan Parrish's time in jumanji like it feels like such an obvious obvious thing to make a story out of that the fact that it's not a, they didn't do that is is kind of strange i think look at that what's that it's a moth is that a moth you got him <sighs> how would you deal you would <laughs> you imagine if you went to jumanji and you had to fight with all these like other moths and bugs like because you know the other thing about so the original jumanji is that um for those uh, not on the zoom call i managed to uh, trap a moth on a piece of gaffer tape um which was actually suggested by uh sarah valling the fan of the show so um thank you sarah because she mentioned like why did i not just kill the moth last time there was a moth i cleaned it up with gaffer tape she's like why did you not just kill it with gaffer tape so this time i for the first time since then i've had gaffer tape on my on my desk wow. and I thought to do it um, I really should just shut the windows in here, but um, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Where were we? Oh yeah, Al- Alan Parrish. Oh no, you, what, what you were saying about the original Jumanji, how they raise the stakes by like it now affects the whole town. Um, if like you roll and there's moths, I would move towns. Right, it's the town's problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The time travel stuff in general, I think, is such an understated but consistent rule across all the films like you don't really think of these films as time travel films but mm. all four Zathura included have like you finish the game and time rewinds to before yeah, you start it's not even it's yeah it's not even necessarily time travel it's like a a reset 
Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Um, and so I was thinking, I was just thinking about like and how it's kind of like like Kirsten Dunst's character won't remember the original film. Um, and then uh, I found an interview with Jake Kasdan on Collider. <laughs> and which then I will send you. Kirsten Dunst, she's like, yeah, and I remember filming Jumanji. You're like she does. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll send you this interview because it was actually pretty interesting. It has a lot of. I'm gonna go into it, but yeah. you might want to read it yourself. Um, so here's what uh, Jake Kasdan was asked about the time travel rules of Jumanji, oh, yeah. and here's what he said. Uh, we've tried to, hard to stay kind of consistent with the set of rules that is stated in the first movie, but not really designed for that. That the way that we're the design, the, the way that we are. Sorry, the design in the first movie does not take into account the weird reconception that would happen twenty five years later. Unsurprisingly, uh, they don't remember it because they were not Alan Parrish. Al, Alan Parrish remembers it. So, in other words, Robin and Bonnie's characters remember it because they were the ones who emerged with the memory intact, and that way. The, that's the way the first movie ends because they have emerged at that time that they have entered the game the way we've tried it the way we've sort of played the role also right so which is like you come back out of the time you went in they are able to preemptively prevent the kids from having that experience in the first movie do you see what i'm saying so the kids show up in the town at the end of the first movie they don't and they they recognize them and there's a scene where they tell the parents don't go on a ski trip that then there's this moment at the very end where they where they alter the course of present day life in the original Jumanji 1996 right and prevent the kids from ever having the experience of playing the game whereas they had the experience as the kids 25 30 years before Bonnie and Robin's characters they remembered what happened you follow like and it's it's convoluted but it's like Jake Kasdan that's real cool that like there was obviously a meeting he does call it Jumanji 1996 and it came out in the last couple of weeks of 95 Um, but um, (laughs) you know that's cool And, and I love these things where it's like because so often I feel like you get directors who are like, oh, I don't care, like you know, whatever. Yeah, and it's, yeah. It's, it's about, and it's like you you get this with like um Tom Hiddleston as Loki that you see interviews of people talking about the MCU, um like people like stars of the MCU and they, like they haven't really watched the other films or they kind of like mm. they don't they don't really follow things and like, Jeff Goldblum does this as well where like they really like actually enjoy the films they're in and like yeah, it's yeah. like well obviously you liked the the project enough to be attached to it but like tom hiddleston is like an mcu fanboy you see um jeff goldblum talking about like any film he's been in and he like remembers filming them and he remembers scenes he wasn't in you know and mm. uh, yeah like the the, the the one that, that that's um uh jumps out to me about jeff goldblum is there's like this um, there's some obscure Jurassic Park game where it ends with like an FMV of Jeff Goldblum on a beach and someone asked him about this and he remembered filming it. Whereas like any other actor, I feel it would be like, <laughs> what, am I in this game? What the hell? Like, or, yeah, yeah, But he was yeah. like, no, no, yeah, we were on set and they pulled us aside and it, they brought in a different director and he said, Kid, and yeah, it's like, it, it was so, it's such a cool insight that you would I feel like no other actor would be able to give you. It is interesting. He's, he did that, like just read the steamed ham script. Yeah. And it's like, I like, I would be so scared to ask a world famous celebrity yeah. to read something that long and that stupid, you know, yeah. and just for them to know I was going to do something silly with it as well. Yeah, but <laughs> even that, you know, he's like, he he he's like, oh, what's the oh, oh what is it? He's like, and he mentions this from <laughs> the Simpsons. He's like, oh, they're, they're incredible writers. Like, because I mean, he was on the Simpsons. We spoke about it on a Patreon episode, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just in awe of Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> especially like that specific. It was the same interview where he did the. It might even be the same actual like interview where he did the steamed hams thing and he did the <laughs> thing about that FMV. But it was like the press tour for like a new Jurassic World, Jurassic World game, 
Um, it wasn't mm. even like for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom that he's in. Um, and they just sent Jeff Goldblum on the press tour for it. And it's like all these little nuggets are so good. Anyway, that's enough about um, Jeff Goldblum. Well, hey, no, Jeff Goldblum for Jumanji 3. Five. It's either Jumanji 3 or 5. Um, <laughs> five or so, eight. Uh, and, and researching the character of Bethany, Jack Black went to Madison Iceman, who plays the real version, mm. um, and asked her about her favorite music and TV shows and watched and listened and got into that headspace. I couldn't find any any confirmation that all the actors did this, mm. but I would hope so, right? Like, especially I, I, it, with Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan and Morgan Turner, 100%. Like, that feels, it, it almost feels like, hey, can I film you doing the entire movie and I'll do that? <laughs> like, mm. yeah, it's, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Nice. Um, I've got uh, one piece of dumb IMDb trivia before we can move on to the next level. Um, And this is interesting. This might be the first example of a piece of dumb IMDb trivia that's dumb because it made me feel dumb. Wow. (laughs) So it's smart IMDb trivia. It says, Van Pelt is actually made up of the vermin and rodents, the grossest animals you can imagine. They inhabit his body. And at first I was like, why are they talking about the bad guy from the original Jumanji and Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle? Mm. Then I was like, oh my God, Bobby Cannavale is also Van Pelt. Yeah. I did not realize that till today (laughs) that they're supposed to be the same character. And it makes sense that they would look different as well because he's supposed to replicate someone who scared you in the original film right so maybe this is his true form mm. but that's that's like the only the only way that this movie broaches being in reboot territory is that mm. they recast the villain <laughs> yeah, um, but and it's, it's like... a completely different interpretation of the villain it's just the name mm. is shared but like yeah, yeah. I, I never picked up on that until now did you know that uh i saw it on the jumanji franchise page about an hour ago Mm. Did so, it blow your mind so i did know before now um <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah I, I, it was like a oh yeah i guess yeah <laughs> yeah me who's seen the movie like 20 times and you've seen it twice i was like Whoa! <laughs> uh any more thoughts on welcome to the jungle uh oh, I, I i want to but let's move on <laughs> All right, well, we got Jumanji the next level in 2019. This was also directed by Jake Kasdan, which makes it our second Jake Kasdan film for film franchise Fortnite's after Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Wow. Uh, what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? I uh, was last one, 75. Uh, 76, 76 was the last um, one. I would guess 81. It's got 71, so it's actually rated less yeah. than the previous film um and what is this movie about all right <clears throat> so this is set a couple of years after the previous film they're all now out of high school and they our four main characters the the real world teens um have have split up but they they keep in touch kind of thing spencer is now feeling that he not not feeling his usual self is the 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 boost of confidence he got from jumanji has kind of disappeared and he and he thinks to himself well maybe i should go back to jumanji and become uh small to bravestone again also he's now um uh, spencer's grandfather played by danny devito has visited and then um his name's eddie and then eddie's former business partner milo shows up out of the blue played by danny glover that their relationship has fallen apart yeah and they haven't seen each other in 15 years um yeah and then so the remaining teens from the first film uh go we got to save spencer we got to go into jumanji and then 
unknowingly, um, De- uh, Danny Glover and Danny DeVito, no relation, are um, <laughs> are sucked into the game as well. Bethany isn't actually as well. Um, so you have um, Martha and Fridge are sucked into the game, and Danny DeVito and Danny Glover. Um, there, Martha keeps the same. She's still Ruby Roundhouse. However, now, um, Fridge is Jack Black, Shelley Oberon. Um, which is like where the kind of thing that it's important that like he's like what now I'm all the old fat dude at least I was black last time um, mm. at least I'm still black and um, and I do want to talk about the like Jack Beck playing a black character it's written down it's written down don't you worry <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it wouldn't be a cold popcher podcast without discussing that Richard <laughs> <laughs> and then um, uh, now the rock um, Smolder Bravestone is Danny DeVito and Kevin Hart's uh, Mouse Finbar is um danny glover so they go they have to go through the game they 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 think they're going to go in there just to do the same things but now that it's the next level things have things have changed it's another gem that they've got to put on it's ostensibly the the same thing but now we're seeing uh they start in like a in a desert and then they move to like a snow area um but they run into uh, a new character a new avatar played by orcafina who's incredible um who's a um like a a a thief our second Mm -hmm. aquafina thief franchise um Mm -hmm. after oceans eight and um they they find out that spencer and then they all team up but then bethany and alex vreek from the first film um they keep trying try again to get into the game eventually alex comes in under um seaplay mcdonough again and now bethany is a horse (laughs) Mm. um but then as they enter the final act of the film uh they all become their rightful ones um and the the ones they were for the first film and now um orcafina is danny devito and danny glover is the horse yeah and the villain in this one is uh jürgen the brutal and they have to like Mm -hmm. get into his thing and and yeah so should get a gem shot to the sky um, at the end of the film, they all learn their lessons, but uh, Danny Glover's character, who's now a horse, revealed to be a Pegasus, decides that he actually wants to stay inside the game, um, It's it, ostensibly to live forever. Um, because Well, he's, he's, he's revealed to be dying yeah. about 20 minutes earlier. Yeah, yeah. and um, now he can live as, as, a, as a horse with a massive penis. Mm. Well, they don't go into that part. But they yeah. do. Uh, and they, they do. do Orgafina right. says, "You should see the size of you." <laughs> um, and it ends with the teens and Danny DeVito going to the the cafe that Danny DeVito and Danny Glover used to run together, and it's mm. now run by uh, a woman named Nora, who is in the first Jumanji movie, um, a, a a a returning character which doesn't really mean much because she didn't remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's this weird white. thing where it's like. I, I I did. You told me after because we saw this film together. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, a double feature. Actually, we watched uh, this and Cats back to back because they yeah. both came out on the same day. Yeah, like the, from the way the characters revealed, I could tell from context it was probably a character from the '95 one, and the way people went. Oh. But mm-hmm. watching the '95 one, I didn't even remember what character it was you know and they're watching it again i was like okay which one's nora because i know there's a door at the end of next level and it's like the most obscure character to bring not the most obscure character to bring back but it's like it's such a random character she's the aunt of um kirsten yeah. dunst and her brother's it, character it probably should have been bonnie hunt yeah exa- it should be have honest. been bonnie hunt yeah because she remembers everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, like it, it, it absolutely should have been Bonnie Hunt. Um, 
but it does that doesn't count as a flaw. This is a perfect film. <laughs> but yeah, uh, also then, also then yeah, um, you, you go. Okay, so then um, the game is reactivated again, unbeknownst to the main characters, by uh, Lamorne Morris, Morris in, a, in a cameo that we can talk about. Um, and uh, it ends with them leaving the diner, and then a bunch of ostriches run past, and it's a cliffhanger ending that now Jumanji has escaped, like mm. it's out in the, in the real world now. Um, yeah, so a little bit more, maybe a little bit more complicated of a plot to relay, but there it is. What do you think of this movie? I fucking love this movie. <laughs> it's so good, man. It's so fucking good. And this, so, and watching it again. Like, because a lot of people were like, yeah, I liked Wild in the Jungle, but the next one wasn't as good. It fucking is. <laughs> like, mm. it's yeah, it so is. good, I- man. Like, like, so obviously Karen Gillan and, the, and Jack Black were like the standouts of the first film. Like, they're the ones mm. you're like, wow. And then in this one, like The Rock and Kevin Hart really get their time to shine. They are so good yeah. in this film. Kevin Hart especially, like for being kind of the weak link in the first one, is now like the funniest one mm. playing Danny Glover. And, it's it's so interesting. I want to I want to talk about this. And this is one of these things that I do this all the time, where I just brag about how I knew something beforehand. But I remember like when this film was announced, and this was again when I was looking through our messages um, to find when you told me that you don't see the jungle and Jumanji. That it was like because I remember it's like Danny DeVito cast and Jumanji sequel, and everyone was like, "What the fuck? Okay, it must be in the game." And then it was like Danny Glover was cast, and I said to you, and I was like. And and I said I reckon they're going to have old people going into the game, and and I said because you can do high school stereotypes in the first one and just be like okay we immediately recognise these, whereas you kind of expect older characters to be a bit more um, defined. So you pick characters that have you pick actors that have quirks you know we, we know what danny glover's yeah. speech sounds like we know what danny devito's speech sounds like and you can ha- and you can be like okay it's danny devito and then you can do the whole rest of the movie without having to really embody a character you're just embodying danny devito and you said he said that oh that's a cool idea but it probably won't happen (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's again it's the same idea of of embracing and deconstructing stereotypes that makes the first one so good but instead of high school stereotypes it's like famous actor typecasts Mm. you know um and so you see dwayne johnson play danny devito and kevin hart play danny glover it requires a knowledge of what those actors Mm. are usually like it's not a particularly you know it's pretty well known what what those actors are like especially danny devito i i I, when i when i said you the messages about my theory for the next level i said if christopher walken's cast next i'm right um and i i don't think it, it doesn't necessarily have the same purpose of being like see maybe not everyone is what you preconceive them as because it's like it's not a popular girl who's actually deep it's it's danny devito um but uh it's still the thing where if devito or glover were playing anything more than the character types that we expect of them then it wouldn't work it's Mm. that same thing where it's like you can't make spencer more nuanced than just a stereotypical high school nerd because then it doesn't work and you can't make danny devito play an un-danny devito like Mm. uh role because then it, it, it wouldn't work i was very nervous leading up to this film and it's interesting that you found that that message because that is sort of where i was at because i i was like the first one's lightning in a bottle and and i read i think i read an idea on reddit where someone was like they should 
bring back new they should have new characters but keep the like star-studded mm. cast so it's completely new characters but it's the same a-list avatars um and so it's a new set of fun and different characters yeah now this time different uh, types. dwayne johnson's a girl yeah. yeah exactly um but i surprisingly prefer what we got here which i say surprisingly because like things like when we were talking about the mummy 1999 and i pitched it wasn't my idea but the the idea that um that the sequels to the mummy should have been the other universal monsters and it's like i would much prefer that to the mummy returns mm. this is an example where like i got it in my head what i wanted the sequel to be and it wasn't what i wanted it to be but i prefer what it was yeah. that's very rare that that mm-hmm. happens you know and i think i i watching them back this time i i'm surprised at how invested i am in the teen characters like spencer martha fridge and bethany Mm. i actually really like the characters and i think maybe i forgot that in between the two films when they came out so that when when the second one came out i didn't remember how much i actually really was invested in who they were as characters Mm, um, and who they were as people i think it's very telling uh and it's this is so crazy to think that Danny DeVito actually physically like Danny DeVito the actor wouldn't have been on set for that he probably could have done all the scenes in a day you know like he is not in the film that much because his presence is felt the whole time and it's mind-blowingly a testimony a testament to how good of an actor Dwayne Johnson is that it feels like Danny DeVito's there the whole time and it is this thing that you, you actually forget you're watching Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart but I yeah. will say, though, that, like, because watching the second one, and, and you and I were sending each other these jokes back and forth, being like, it's weird watching this film being like, can he act? Um, yeah. You know? And it's like, but then, and you're like, hey, fuck, he's doing such a good job. And then um, Danny DeVito's uh, character goes into the avatar of Aquafina, and it's a hundred times better. <laughs> like, and, and it's like, and I, I do not get me wrong. Dwayne Johnson is so good in this film. It's the performance of his career. And, well, and, it's and such it's a like, weird even thing that to say, feels like, it oh, it's, that's insulted. Like, you know, it's like, oh, well, it wasn't hard. It's like, he's genuinely incredible in this film, not just by his standards. Mm. And, but Aquafina is yeah. like fucking phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. She, everyone does a great Danny DeVito. It's very good. Yeah. It's very good. Um, yeah, no, I think it's it's so it's such a inspired way to make this um to make this a sequel and like a sequel to an idea like the first one feels like destined to not be that good. But everything about the film is just this fantastic evolution of welcome to the jungles ideas. And it kind of makes me want to say it's a perfect sequel. It is a perfect sequel. Sorry. Like it it is though. Like maybe others don't, maybe, maybe you're listening to this and you don't get it right. You didn't like the first one as much as we did. And so maybe you don't think it's a good movie or maybe you don't like the general idea or maybe you don't, think um you know you don't you don't really get the hype that we're bringing Mm. this all of those can still be true all of those things can still be accurate um but in terms of like the art of sequeling Mm. whatever that means this is an a plus if you ask me like this is taking um the the gimmick of the first one that makes it so good and putting an interesting spin on that and Mm. it is also taking the character arcs from the first film and um like it's it's an understated an underrated thing about this film but it is kind of cool that it it deals with like what someone like spencer would feel like coming out of that and living his life Mm. after being dwayne johnson and how he he yearns for that that's a really 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 cool way to take this um 
And I also really like the fact that um, Danny DeVito and uh, Danny Glover's characters, what are their names? Eddie and Milo. Like, they're kind of, they. I feel like their character arcs get more screen time than the teenagers. Mm. Um, and that, to me, is really interesting. And their, their character arcs basically learning to forgive each other because mm. um, DeVito feels betrayed that, that Glover left the business before mm. DeVito was ready. Um, and it's, I just think it's, it's like, it's a great way to tell a story that's intrinsically about the elderly. You know, it's like up how everyone, like that's one of the things up gets praised for is that like, how often are there stories that are like these beautiful kind of character pieces about an old person, you know, old people, old people get so constantly looked over in society and, but you get something like, um, the next level or like I, I read a thing once about how how like a lot of um representation of the elderly and the simpsons is actually really appreciated and really revered because mm. it it doesn't shy away from like their struggles and still presents them as like um living and 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 conscious and like uh, like sexual beings as well and in this it's, it's some, similar to that where it's like this is a story about two men in their 70s who have had a falling out and it's not told with two men in their 70s but it's it's still um really cool and effective i think um yeah yeah um and also like so similar to the um the the like the, the gym thing i mentioned from the from the last film it, it has another it has a few more of those um kind of things of like if you thought about this, that's incredible. You know, like like mm-hmm. it, it's these little problem solving things. Because yeah, so so one of them is that like I love in Welcome to the Jungle that the characters immediately work out what's happening. They go, mm-hmm. we must be sucked inside the video game. These tattoos must be our lives. This must be this. This must be. And like, because because I've said this before that I get really frustrated in films when people are like, no, there's no zombies. I don't believe it. It's like, oh God, there's <laughs> fucking like, it's obviously it's obvious what's happening, especially when you rewatch a film. But they, they deliberately don't have it in the first film, but they still have those jokes. They're just in the second film. And now you mm-hmm. have... Like you see, you have these two old characters. You can do like you know, boomers don't understand technology, or they're, they're probably even old. Well, are they older than boomers? No, around this. No, around that, the age. They're yeah. technically boomer yeah. aged. Yeah, yeah, like they don't understand technology. But then you also have all the like, oh wow, I must just be in a coma kind of stuff that you that you know feels mm. natural to something like this. But then you have now have these two seasoned veterans of it who are like who can just explain it, and so you can move yeah, on. Yeah. The, and then. The other thing, and you also it, don't have to wait for them to catch up because the seasoned veterans are there. Yeah, exactly. They just yeah, have, yeah, to, yeah. have to drag the other. Like halfway through the movie, they mention it being a game, and and Dwayne Johnson goes, "We're in a game," <laughs> yeah. and it's it's like it's like one of the best jokes of the movie because it's yeah. like it's a very funny idea that someone is halfway through this movie and doesn't understand what's going on yet. <laughs> yeah. The, the one other thing, and and you said that it was written down as a note. So what what have you got to talk about the the Jack Black Black thing? Mm, okay, so we have what is now almost a very awkward situation in this, where uh, Jack Black plays Fridge for three quarters of the film. They switch back for the last act, but he's he's playing Fridge for most of it. Um, and it, it is something that feels uh, eerily similar to Blackface. And since the film came out at, at the, the end of 2019, mm-hmm. this film came out, it feels very much like it eked across the line, like the the world's exploding, right? It's it's it's. Rick O'Connell running his son into the pyramid of light as the shade is is chasing him. Um, not that I don't take 
that stuff seriously i do um but it is i guess it's more of like an it's it's a very it's very interesting to me it's 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 that like if this movie was scheduled to come out six months later mm. uh, i think it would have undergone reshoots i think it would have undergone major reshoots because um whatever you're about to say about it i'm not i, I have a feeling you're gonna maybe say defend it a little bit which is cool um but like even <laughs> i even will just say you had, though that you're racist before you do <laughs> no, no 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 not at all i'm saying like regardless of what your opinion on the fact that jack black is playing a black guy in it it's still something that hollywood would definitely go like no 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 we are sure, not yeah. releasing this now um and yeah because he's doing he's doing an impression like they all are yeah. it's just jack black happens to be doing one that's maybe stooped in some racist stuff and at one point they swap bodies with um karen gillen as well and so she does it as well um and i love that the movies has the characters swap avatars yeah. i love that the question is it's what it always comes out is the most heartbreaking thing you can ask a progressive film buff is is this joke worth it it may be excellent written down on paper but in terms of like social oh, yeah. justice okay. so, so is this, is, this is kind of what i wanted to talk about because it is like and i think it's i think it's actually it's quite a restrained in terms of like the like ebonics um of like mm-hmm. doing you know a, a black voice i i was doing quotation marks um <laughs> but you, it's i think like, you can call it that i've, I've heard it called black speak like yeah, it's, but, it's, but like it's, the, it's, it's the accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure we've done it on this podcast in like a 2017 episode. <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's a very new realization. I I wasn't aware that it was problematic until the last couple of years. Oh, well, but yeah, it's it's like you, you know, there's there's the he's not doing what you would do if, if like like the the jive talking. You know, like no. he's not just doing that. It it is what he. It's like it's lines written for fridge filtered through jack black without him yeah necessarily so like it, it's more about the and i think this is actually probably something that jack black would have worked on how to not make i'm not just doing vocal blackface mm. um it needs to be like because uh, because there's stuff like when, when he said when he's like how is this guy a character in an adventure game man it yeah. is hot out here and it's like you you could so easily just uh, you like you, you know do do that up a bit more but it's like okay this is how it would sound coming from this character's voice box but mm. fridge is in control of how mm. loud each word is the pitch of each word the mm. the staccato hits of it mm. and it's like and, and it's telling a fine line but also i the other thing that i think is like one of those again it's like they probably did think about this is having a like a race swapped avatar in the second film and not in the first film is such a good move because you establish the rules in the first film and mm. then you do it for the second one. Now it's like, Oh, like now we're doing this because this is what we do in these films. If you, if this was in the, if this was in welcome to the jungle, it would have received backlash. If you go, Oh, Jack Black's playing a black guy. Okay. But in mm. this one, it's like, yeah, Jack Black was a girl the last film. And now, and, and it's like, I think that it's like they kind of were able to have their cake and eat it too because they reserved it for the second film. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, because yeah. It's, it's the same thing of like why everyone's like, the society seems to just be okay with Robert Downey Jr. doing blackface and Tropic Thunder is because of all the, the context surrounding it. Um, that it's like he's playing a character doing blackface. The, the character it blackface. is it is all about context, and it's like 
you know, you isolate a clip from this movie and have Jack Black saying like, man, at least I was black last time. It's like, <laughs> like out of context, yeah. that must, that must be, be damning. And once again, I, I reckon they wouldn't have done it had this film been delayed a little um, for, for what it's worth. And like, ultimately, you know, it's not up to you or I to say yeah, exactly. it's, it's good or not. But I think it's one of those things where it's like, um, if you'd asked Jake Kasdan or, or even Jack Black mid-2020, like, hey, that was kind of weird that you had Jack Black playing, like, you know, doing doing uh, the the black speak in a film last year. They would probably be like, uh, yeah, and maybe would maybe do it differently now. Like, you you know, one of those things where it's like they have to, they would own up to it, but I don't think they would necessarily say what they did was wrong you know maybe like tone down the accent a little yeah stuff like that but i i think if, if you just ask them now to reflect on it they would probably they wouldn't take it back like a lot like a lot of people you know did said like i i i was wrong to have done that at the time i think they wouldn't go that far but they would accept that there's maybe conversations that need to be had around it hmm. yeah Rewatching these films, um, I I still I gave this one five stars, um, as well, and I think for all intents and purposes, I like them as much as each other. Yeah, like so, I don't think I yeah. have a favorite. Um, I but I do think there are more individual scenes I like in Welcome to the Jungle. I'm I'd be pressed to list the same kind of like thing like specific moments I enjoyed from this one as i did you know like how i was talking about like teaching how to flirt and stuff like that like yeah. there's nothing i can really point to in this one as being like little nuggets that i really liked uh, but that's not even to say i prefer it and i'm going to unashamedly compare it to the godfather one and two here um, and that they're both excellent i just maybe happen to like one perfect thing for doing something perfect more than another perfect thing for doing something similarly perfect i would say though i definitely do prefer the character arcs and the second one so therefore maybe what i'm saying is like it's like the first one's got the ind individual moments i love whereas the second one has more meaningful character arcs i think but yeah, yeah right. do you have any, any thoughts on preference or anything like that um i will say my favorite line across both films is when kevin hart as danny glover says oh my god did i just kill eddie by talking too slow like he always said would happen it's <laughs> so funny that like yeah. it's just the way the way yeah. he talks in the film is so funny but then also like the fact that he he always said would happen oh my god that's so good mm. what a good line yeah yeah i love it i also love jürgen the terrible is that Barbara's boy? <laughs> it's, it's like kind of a like a cheap old man line, like yeah. a cheap shot. Isn't it? And he, an he's old so, man line that um, works so well. Yeah, yeah. Like the the, the character is so mild mannered and just mm. yeah, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um. Do you have any other favorite moments in this film? That you want I, to not necessarily a favorite moment, but just something I want to shine a light on. Um. That I actually really like because obviously you get a cast like this and then and it's also like um nick jonas is like the uh the why if all the others are vowels it's like yeah and also nick mm -hmm. jonas is there too <laughs> but it's like you would expect him to be the weak link and it's like he kind of is sure but it's not a character that needs to do anything though it's like yeah exactly and so like in the first film 
like he's the one who we don't really meet the character beforehand, but he throws in some bits of 90s slang, which is how they they realize that he's been there for 26 years. But he actually does quite a good job, and it's very subtle in this film that it's like this is the same character, but he's now a dad. And it's yeah, like sure. and, and it's it's one of those things I wouldn't have expected Nick Jonas to be able to bring this to the table. But it's like he just has a slightly different demeanor about him that you get from being 26 years older and he makes dad jokes and stuff which is obviously baked into the script but like mm. the way he reacts and it's and and again it's like the kind of all uh, you know it's a smaller version of it but with um danny devito and danny glover that now he's playing colin hanks and it's like mm. colin hanks you know isn't necessarily an actor that has all these super defined quirks but yeah he, he actually does a pretty good job there's a few times when he does like a just a look or something i'm like yeah that's 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 colin hanks mm. nice yeah no i totally agree apparently Tom Holland was originally cast as C C plane. Interesting. Yeah. Is. I he would probably do a really good job actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but also and also, oh my god, like adding Orkafina, so good. Yeah, she's no, it's, incredible it's in this film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Lamorne Morris uh, shows up at the end of this film. He's, he's an incidental character who shows up on the screen, and you basically ask yourself, like, do I only think this guy's famous because I've seen New Girl, and this is the type of role he lands all the time, yeah. or is it like is, <laughs> are they trying to set up a new character? Um, and it's sort of a mix of both. They're, him and um, Jake Kasdan are actually friends, and right. basically they needed someone to come along to the script reading and. And fill in for a bunch of characters <laughs> and they got to the, the the end of the script and Lamorne Morris was like is anyone playing this character <laughs> have you cast the, the guy at the end yet that's the repairman? so cool that's, such that, a good that's how he got the job and uh, Jake Kasdan in the same interview that I was talking about with Collider is like gushy he's like it's it's like my favourite scene in the film is Lamorne Morris being like is that a video game console which is such a funny thing to say and it, it warmed my heart because it's clearly like the friendship between them is enhancing the scene for Jake Kasdan because it's a relatively unnotable scene beyond the casting outside of there. But he's like, it's one of my favorite scenes in the film. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, I love that, man. That's so nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and the, because it's one of those things that you think about that, that like, a, um, a, a heat, a heater repairman shows up at the end of the film and is just like, oh, let me look at this, like, broken thing it's such a weird thing to do but the fact that like jake Kasdan and lamorne morris find that hilarious as well is just like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah they're, they're on the joke of how weird it is for a heating repair to be like is that a video game console <laughs> <laughs> um we've got one piece of dumb imdb trivia before we can move on to the segments this is what it says on the imdb page for uh jumanji in the next level the real world characters from the last film are all credited as young young spencer young bethany etc colin hanks is credited as young alex even though he is an he, he is old, older than the avatar played by nick jonas that's um, so that's fun uh all right richard we are now moving on to randomly placed useless statistics a segment that i put way too much work into and you're about to find nice. out why again if you knew heard the show before this is where we look back at the previous franchises we've covered and look for little fun connections um so get ready for this because this took me 90 minutes to write <laughs> to, to verify and write all right so jumanji as a franchise richard is our third kirsten dunst franchise after bring it on and spider-man mm. our fourth bonnie hunt franchise after beethoven store toy story and monsters inc our second jonathan hyde franchise after the mummy he's the no you must not read from the book guy from mm. the mummy and he plays van pelt slash uh, mr parish um it is our 
our second Kirsten, uh, Kristen Stewart franchise after Twilight, our second Tim Robbins franchise after he appears as, sorry, uh, yeah, after he appears as the president in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, our third Dwayne John- Johnson franchise after Fast and Furious, The Mummy Slash, and The Mummy Slash Scorpion King, our fourth Kevin Hart franchise after Scary Movie, uh, Meet the Parents, where he was in Little Fockers, and his cameo in Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Our fourth Jack Black franchise after Kung Fu Panda, The Muppets, where he has a brief cameo in the 2011 movie. Uh, and It's not brief, it's, it's he's probably one of the more featured right. ones. Uh, and uh, he was also in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I'd completely forgotten about. Um, this is our second Karen Gillan franchise after the MCU, uh, and our third Bobby Cannavale franchise after the MCU and Daddy's Home, our fourth Danny DeVito franchise after Romancing the Stone, Look Who's Talking, and his brief appearance in Austin Powers' Gold Member, where he plays the Hollywood version of Mini-Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is our second Danny Glover franchise after Lethal Weapon, our second Nick Jonas franchise after Camp Rock, arguably our second, though soon-to-be fourth Aquafina franchise after Ocean's 8, and if you count it, even though the, the film she was in was released after the film franchise Fortnite's episode, she's also in SpongeBob SquarePants, mm. Sponge on the Run, um, and she's going to be in the MCU and the Little Mermaid franchises within the next year. Mm. So <laughs> she's bumping from two to four. Um, and finally, though... <laughs> And finally, uh, I'm sure there are more, but but this is our second, though arguably third, Robin Williams franchise after Happy Feet, and if you count it, the SpongeBob SquarePants movies, where he uh, play he was in uh, like Atlanta SquarePants or Truth or Square or something. We watched it for the podcast, hmm. but I don't think we counted. We, we've it kind as, of decanonized it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is our sole Bradley Pierce franchise. Though. Um, he played Peter. And the original one, uh, though he did voice Flounder in the Little Mermaid TV series, so nice. maybe that counts. Um, this is our second franchise in a row where a character dies and is brought back to life via CPR, even though you wouldn't really expect CPR to work if someone died the way they did in the film. Um, after Fear Street, where someone is brought back for, to life via CPR through getting stabbed in the stomach several times, and in this Nick Jonas, um gets gets bitten by a mosquito which is his weakness and he dies and and bethany performs cpr on him bringing him back to life at the cost of one of her own lives mm. and but in the game it's very much like a performing cpr yes. is is how you it's, give someone your life it's earned in jumanji yeah <laughs> this is our second franchise to feature a sequel to a jonathan hyde movie which unprompted stars dwayne johnson after the mummy <laughs> Uh. Um, <laughs> unprompted well it's just like it's how like how do you penny prompt like at, at the end of the, at just, the, end of the first film it's, it's like a, dwayne johnson will return will be in the sequel i mean it, it's not it's not like the obvious it doesn't naturally carry on and be like oh so of course you'd cast dwayne johnson yeah mm, if only jonathan hyde was in fast and furious as well although that, i guess that is prompted <laughs> isn't it if that's your yeah if that's your metric yeah yeah yeah, uh, Jack 3, the third game in the Jack and Daxter video game series, is seen being played in Zathura along with po- a poster of the game on the boys' bedroom wall, which makes this our second franchise after The Little Mermaid to have a Jack and Daxter connection, as Max Casella, the voice actor for Daxter, voiced the penguin in The Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea. Um, for what it's worth, we also see a poster for Uncharted 4, A Thief's mm. End, um, in Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, which is also a game developed by Naughty Dog 
who made Jagged Daxter. <laughs> yeah, I can see why this took you 90 minutes. That was the first one that took me 90 minutes. Um, And of course, if it hasn't already been brought up by now, while not specific to the podcast, this is Dwayne Johnson's third film to feature the word jungle in the title and the second to just be titled Welcome to the Jungle. Um, The the Rundown, which as it was called in the US, was released in New Zealand and other regions as Welcome to the Jungle. The other jungle movie with with jungle in the title is Jungle Cruise, which came out this week. Um, He is also seen in a jungle setting in The Mummy Returns and Journey to the Mysterious Island, which also also stars Josh Hutchison, who is in Zathura, and is a sequel to Journey to the Mysterious Island, which starred Brendan Fraser, Journey making the it the second the time. So, yeah, what did I say? Journey to the center of the earth, um, which stars Brendan Fraser, and if you can call The Scorpion King a sequel, which in broad terms it is, it's the third time he's been in a sequel to a Brendan Fraser movie, and the second time he's been in a sequel to a Brendan Fraser movie, which didn't see Brendan Fraser reprise the role. Is that statistics for the scorpion king and not jumanji yes um also nick jonas plays a character named alex and my name is alex jones and my brother's name is nick jones so whatever nick jones. it's not really a statistic no my yeah no but my brother's name is nick nick jones so yeah nick jonas plays alex anyway yeah there you go very good is that all of them that's all of them wow <laughs> You told me you had a personal piece. Yeah, one that I one that I I've thought about a few times, but I finally decided to work out. This is uh, the twenty first franchise we've covered, where at the time of covering, I had already seen all the films in the franchise. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. I wish I could be like, oh yeah, it's my twenty fifth, but I, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested to know who has. It'd probably be you would have more. I imagine. Would it be? Because, I mean, you watch things like The Mummy. Yeah, but you've got things like fucking Death Note and shit. <laughs> I didn't seen all of Death Note, though. All Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, okay. All right. Hey, Richard. Well, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast. And this is a funny one because I kind of wish uh, Zathura didn't have a space adventure subtitle after mm. it so it could be more clean. Or maybe I would just prefer if J- the original Jumanji was called like a Jumanji or, or a wild adventure, maybe thought maybe it could work um i go back and forth on the titles for welcome to the jungle and the next level welcome to the jungle kind of sounds like it'd be the dvd release of a comp- compilation of random episodes from the tv show <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. know you got like the simpsons in love and it's a yeah, bunch yeah, of episodes yeah, it's yeah. it's like yeah welcome to the jungle it's like the first six episodes of the animated series uh, which we'll talk about in just a minute um I'm surprised the film wasn't called like Enter Jumanji or something mm. like that. Like something that that emphasizes you're going into the jungle this time. Um, maybe it would have made sense. Um, the next level is almost the opposite problem where it feels a little too safe and obvious. Um, and there were rumors for ages that it'd be another Guns N' Roses song title mm. or something like that. Oh yeah, I, I, I remember. I, I mean, I know it was necessarily rumored, but it was like similar to like Knives Out. Everyone's like, "What's what's the title scheme for Knives Out? Is it like mm. a violent two words thing, or is it Radiohead songs?" Um, mm. But I remember thinking, and it would work for the the ending they set up at the end of the um, the second film, and it's like if it's coming here, I liked the idea of calling the sequel Paradise City, and, mm. and putting it in an urban setting. Nice, yeah, yeah, that is cool. Um, 
Yeah, I, I guess if the ne- if the third one is given in like another video game type title, then it's like, well, what Welcome to the Jungle feels like it doesn't fit. Mm. Whereas Jum- if it's, like if Jumanji it's- tutorial, Jumanji the next level. I like my my. <laughs> this is encroaching on community of the franchise, but my pitches for That's fine, so um, Jumanji three or Jumanji five um, is um, Final Boss or the Final Boss or Game Over nice well before we get to that richard um we are on continue the franchise now which is a segment of our show where we pitch sequels to the franchise we've just covered um although obviously there have been a whole bunch of jumanji supplementary material released over the years like books video games an actual board game based on the fictional board game uh, and i which, think we had it growing up as well really we um, should play it at some point i, I like is it the same book because i feel like a jumanji board game has appeared in the last like five years maybe there's new ones yeah i like i don't know if it's like a, if it's a reboot but i mm. suggested to you earlier today aj that next time we're in the same city <laughs> as like somewhat of a sequel to our Yu-Gi-Oh video we could play the jumanji board game and film it yeah let's do it um there's also a jumanji style indian board game called grinda which is uh, enigmatically described as replicating the real life effects of jumanji don't know if i want to play that yeah, it, it sounds. It, I thought I was like, oh, is it like a virtual reality experience, like an escape room or something? Mm. But uh, it says it's a board game, which presumably that means it comes with like a box of leaves and you blow it. <laughs> you know, like how intense. I think it's probably get. just overstating itself. Mm, yeah. Uh, most notably, though, as we've mentioned a couple times, there was Jumanji the animated series, which was inspired by the first film. Uh, it ran from three seasons from 1996 to 1999 and reimagined the events of the film with Judy and Peter getting sucked inside Jumanji, where they team up with a still bearded Alan Parrish who'd been stuck in there since presumably 1969. Uh, the lore for this series is actually surprisingly extensive and seemed to do more expansive of stuff with the original idea than the original film itself um and to be honest it actually looks pretty interesting I, I i remember seeing it on tv i don't know if i ever really watched it yeah so so the, the it's it is a bit of a monster of the week thing so it's like they play jumanji and so it's like you get a clue and you mm. have to solve your clue to get out of the game and that's right yeah. um and so each week they go in team up with alan to solve the mystery of the week but alan got sucked in and didn't get to see his clue and so he doesn't know how to escape right and so that's his whole thing he's like just going through jumanji he like i i've i've just just found out now that like because it's one of these shows that like i assumed it would have got cancelled or just ended like 100 deeds for you mcdowd without him completing <laughs> the 100 deeds um that like well, my name is earl without him doing the two that's not as important as 100 deeds for you mcdowd but um <laughs> that um it does it does end with him realizing how to get out and it's something that he neglected doing as soon as he got there um and it was like right. some, one of the first things he encountered it was ac- actually that was the thing all he needed to do apparently but um yeah i remember watching this show quite a bit as a kid and there, there's one specific episode i remember where it's like alan's being poisoned and you can see the poison and it's like um it's like spreading up his arms and they they have to stop it before it reaches the heart but they can see alan's memories and it's like it's it's you you see him uh, so like the the kids somehow can see him having his turn and they're about to see his clue but then they have to stop it because the poison's about to reach his heart and so they don't get to find out the clue wow um, but that was like oh my god this is gonna be the last episode like that sounds um, great it, it was um, it was actually a really cool show but um do you know who voiced peter shepherd in the show? I was, i'm about to tell you mm. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell me 
you tell me the first name, and I'll tell you the second name. Ashley. Johnson. Ashley Johnson voices Peter in the show, the voice of Ali from The Last of Us. Do you know who voiced Alan in the show? Uh, I don't know how to say, I've, I've never known how to say his name, but it's uh, Bill Fagerbucky. Yeah. <laughs> who plays Patrick Starr. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just imagining like, in the jungle you must wait until <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dice for it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so maybe we could check that show out for um, some film franchise uh, yeah, as well. If we were able to find it, I'd, I'd be keen. It's on DVD and stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, in terms of the inevitable continuation of the Kasdan series, a third film, while not officially greenlit, is in the works. They've said they're working on it. A lot of progress was halted by the pandemic. There's a lot of speculation. Some of it is even confirmed by Kasdan himself that the third film will feature the second film's villain, Jürgen the Brutal, who is played by Roy McCann, uh, returning but as the person playing him because it is actually quite heavily implied in the next level that Jürgen the Terrible is not an NPC but another player because there's one point where his chest gets tapped and his weakness strengths and weaknesses pop out mm. of his you know on the screen which is something that only happens for the playable characters um so yeah. that's apparently so I'm imagining like a kid from Stranger Things yeah, or like because I was trying to think like of like kid. because because uh, Dwayne Johnson posted something on Instagram being like we love bringing because it's it's the Hound from Game of Thrones or um, yeah yeah thing a Yarp from Hot Fuzz Yarp <laughs> um, that is that that plays Jurgen and he posted this thing about um what's his name Rory Roy Khan McCann uh, Rory Calhoun um <laughs> known for standing and walking um he's um. Yeah, this thing praising him, and he's like, "Yeah, for those who caught it, he's he's not he, he's he's an avatar. We're gonna find out mm. who hashtag Jumanji hashtag mystery player, and it's like it's it's made out like we'll know who the character is. So it's like, is it Spencer's mum? Is it the principal from the first film? Is it Nora? Yeah, is it Robin Williams? <laughs> Uh, it's also probably safe to assume that the third film will revolve around Jumanji breaking loose into the real world, since yeah. that's what we saw at the end of the second film. Yeah, like the end uh, of the second similar film. Similar to the original film. Yeah, just on there as well. That like, And I, I said this to you last night off pod, but it's like the... It, it's it's like the... Um, the 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 the, the post credits or the mid credit scene has so many different plot points where it's like you could have stopped here and each mm. one of them completely changes what the next film is going to be because you have Lamar Morris go oh is that an old video game he touches it and lights up you cut there and it's like oh here we go again kind of thing <laughs> and then you can you can kind of ignore that it's just showing oh Jumanji's still active the video game Jumanji works. persists <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and then you have one ostrich running down the road. And it's like, ah, oh, you know, just a, a, a bit of a, a love. You could not make a third one and you'd be fine, you know? Yeah. Then a whole flock of ostriches, a, a murder yeah. of ostriches, like <laughs> runs down the road. And it's like, okay, here's, here's a tease for the third one. Um, and it's like, you, you kind of need to follow this up because this is what you're implying is pretty crazy. And then the kids see it happen. And it's like, you have to pick up the next one right here. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see. I think it's probably pretty likely we'll see those the main characters interact with their avatar counterparts, which is like I'm I'm worried about that because that seems to be what's what's obviously going to happen because it's not like you keep Alex Wolf but don't keep Dwayne Johnson for your third mm. film, you know. Also, this um, is our um sorry, our second franchise 
<laughs> Poorly placed use of statistics. <laughs> this is our second franchise to like soft reboot. It's to reboot to some extent. It's continuity, um, starring a wolf brother after Death Note, um, which mm. stars Nat Wolf in the Netflix um, one. And I'm 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 concerned about this idea because I'm not particularly excited about that because it's taking mm. away the fish out of water stuff and like who is Smolder Bravestone? That's the thing. It's like yeah, are we gonna? See, and this is this is essentially my continuity franchise. So, um, but it's like yeah, it seems like what we would probably see is like the the NPC version. Like if you if you're playing as as one player, what Ruby Roundhouse and the others look like when no one's inhabiting them. Um, mm what what nigel billingsley knows these characters as um yeah brought into the real world but and then it's like i don't know do you somehow do the flip of it so you how now have alex wolf is being inhabited by smolder bravestone and so smolder yeah, bravestone kind of interesting yeah but then it's like again why would you not have the rock in the film yeah, but you can have it be that for some reason they, they've got to like switch. They swap personalities, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but yeah. It, it does feel like yeah, Jumanji's coming to the real world, mm, for better or worse. Um, in a Cinema Blend article called "It's Time for the Jumanji Franchise to Connect with Zathura Again," mm. uh, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle producer Hiram Garcia is quoted as saying, "There are different versions of the game and in multiple universes." Said the bizarre region in the film, in the first film, or the Welcome to the Jungle, um, was added as part of the film to be the central hub for a larger universe of the game, and this could extend to the reaches of space. Jack Black, who is again. Mm weirdly very passionate about Jumanji and Zathura being one franchise said in a in like a red carpet interview that he wants the next film in the series to send the characters into space and uncover the mastermind behind their magical board games which he believes are either aliens or a super genius like Elon Musk um I I do like this idea that of getting some insight it, it, it feels into, like him bullshitting on the red carpet with like the yeah. Elon Musk thing. But no yeah, no the, I that's yeah. what it sounds like he is so he's so excited to talk about it well mentioning elon musk is one of those things where it's like i'm taking this too seriously you're asking comedic actor jack black and i (laughs) I, i'm now realizing i have a reputation to live up to (laughs) (laughs) like the lady asks him about it and and his like eyebrows start dancing and he's like oh i'm so glad you asked you know he's like very into talking about this yeah um but I do like the idea of getting some insight into the origins of Jumanji, especially considering we see it as early as 1869 in the like prelude to the first film. Mm. Um, and also that it's not as simple. Like I feel like the TV show, the animated series, implies that it's that the the board game is just a portal to another dimension. Mm. But like the 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 universe of Jumanji is full of like NPCs. Like it is there is video game language built into how people interact which says to me that it is a game like a constructed universe by a game designer yeah imagine if it's just like an mmorpg and nigel billingsley's actually the only npc in the entire game (laughs) yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it went somewhere like that i mean we know he's not because we see like the little kid who takes them to this Mm. to the black mamba and stuff like that yeah um yeah, so so you've said your idea is is the the, the thing you said uh, more or less. I I I would like to see it uh, uh, explicitly crossover with Zathura, and I mm. think that and I hadn't thought about it, but the idea of like where are these games coming from, but then it's like 
Yeah, how committed are they to wrapping up a trilogy and the entire mm. lore, you know, and rather just making it go forever? Mm. Um, all of these, uh, all the things we've talked about so far, I think are, are, are great um, congenital franchise idea ideas and presented before us now as I see it for in the fun exercise of pitching new ideas. Uh, I think there are three options. There is a pitch for a third Kasdan film which we've been doing, mm-hmm. um, a direct sequel to Zathura, uh, which we could, we've sort of done as well, um, or an entirely new game with a theme that isn't jungle yeah, or space. Yeah, yeah. And it does the, does the first one again. Um, and on that note, I thought of Maraquado, an underwater game. I feel like that's the, that's the most defined theme you could take it to. Or like you become a water person so you can breathe underwater. Luca. Just Luca. Yeah, it's just Luca. Part of me does still want to see the Kasdan cast played by completely different stereotypes, um, though it'd be weird to do it now. I think mm. the ship has sailed. Um, and part of me wants to see Zathura Welcome to the Galaxy, uh, which, which you just repeat the same film formula as Welcome to the Jungle. You know, A-list stars. And the, the fun of it, I guess, would be coming up with who plays those characters, which you I haven't do done. now. <laughs> all right so what is the difference between like like i feel like you would have more um like sci-fi ca- ca- actors instead of action adventure characters which is what right. welcome to the Who jungle is. so like like sigourney weaver could be sam like Neil. the smart scientist that would be great i would love to see sam neil doing this kind of shit mm. you know um you want to get someone like um elizabeth debicki Who's she? She the real tall girl from Tenet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, good idea. Um, you could get like Michael Fassbender mm. from like like as the android, you know, playing another yeah, android yeah. like from Prometheus. Danny McBride. Liam- <laughs> Danny McBride <laughs> yeah. is so good in one of these movies, man. Yeah, totally. Um, but like, I I just feel like regardless of who you cast, and I'm sure people are going to come up with interesting ideas to to pitch to us on the Discord this week. Adam um, Driver. Of course, of course, Adam Driver. Like just, just he's got the a place in Eddie Cantu the franchise. We put yeah, yeah. Just the fun of taking this concept of like name an actor with like somewhat of a distinct style mm. or no style, like or at least a typecast and casting the opposite as their real world counterpart. I think is is very fun, and I would love to see that kind of thing done more. Yeah. And that's it. That's our Jumanji episode. A surprisingly long episode. I don't for think a, it's surprising at all. Unsuspecting episode. Uh, we're now up to a segment called Ranked at Franchise, where if you go to letterbox.com slash uh, we've got our Letterboxd account, and we've got a list of, of every franchise we've ever watched, and we've ranked them. Um, so... There are currently 132 films on this franchise. On this, sorry, on this list. List. Um, and so we're going to add Jumanji to this list. Now, in terms of like pure enjoyment and like uh, value, in terms of how much fun we've had as enjoyers of film, I think it rank it would should probably rank pretty high. I think that the only thing standing in its way is it kind of feels like a franchise by accident. You know what I mean? So it's Mm. like two films that for a very long time weren't considered explicitly connected and then two that that are definitely connected. Um, But yeah, like, does that speak against its its credibility as a franchise? What do you think? No. No? 
at the end of the day it's four films each of which are either really really good or really really great in my opinion Mm, um and so i want to rank it pretty high i'd say um or i would i'm tempted for top 10 richard yeah tempted very tempted by top 10 we've got um at number 13 we've got planet of the apes then 12 we've got terminator 11 we've got lord of the rings which is the hobbit is wrapped up in that which is why probably i imagine people would be shocked to hear it so low at 10 we've got spider-man and at nine we've got the muppet movie um or the the muppet movies what do you, is there anywhere you'd you'd place it amongst yeah them? that spider-man muppet movie area i'd be comfortable like there. between them yeah no, no that's number 10 that's the 10th best franchise we've ever watched yeah knocking sure. the spider-man raimi trilogy out of the top 10 sacrilege but i mean the next level is is like as good of a sequel as spider-man 2 mm. in my opinion so yeah for sure all right there we go there we go that is i reckon i reckon that is easily going to be our most controversial list placement in what well, that's in the ages. one that that's the most like we just fucking love it <laughs> yeah yeah but also like the next level does get points for being specifically sequely yeah. in, in all the best ways and i think for a, a podcast about franchises that is noteworthy yeah. you know sure cool all right well now richard all we've got left to do is franchise roulette which we haven't done in god like six months <laughs> it feels <laughs> like so this is where we are gonna draw a random number is it my i, I feel like it's my turn to look at what the number is all right this is where we've got a list of franchises and um, we're going to draw a random number and then I am going to uh, make Richard guess what it is. Before you uh, tell us the number, I just want to say that if you've enjoyed this podcast, then please consider supporting us in all the places you can. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. You can subscribe to our two YouTube channels. The one that you might be listening to the podcast on is called Cole Popsha Again, which implies there is just a regular Cole Popsha, which you can also subscribe to. And that's just for video essays and that sort of thing. You can also join our Discord, as we've mentioned a couple of times. Come and chat about movies with us. Uh, or if you really want to, you can um, support us by donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash And stay tuned after this for the post credit scene, which will come up after the music finishes. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so how many franchises? We've got on the list currently, we've got 126 franchises. So can you give me a random number between 1 and 126? 44. 44? Because you know... You know the number. <laughs> and you know the franchise. And, and that's just as exciting for you, isn't I should, it? I, I, yeah, I'll get you to guess the number. All right, the, t- the digits <laughs> are the same. <laughs> All right, that's franchise number clue. 44, good clue. Richard, <laughs> is, is a trilogy, I think, technically. Right. Um, it is directed by someone who we've seen directed in, direct in this in this podcast before. And it's, it stars people we've seen in this podcast before. Um, <laughs> give, me a, um, a, give, give me a, like, is it, did, come out, did all films come out in my lifetime? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, you, you will love this. You'll be so excited. Okay. Uh, no, the first one came out a year before we were born. 92. So the second, the second two would have. Did they all come out in the 90s? Oh, let me check. <laughs> It's a specific type of um, 
of franchise. Yeah. Uh, no, the the third one came out in two thousand three. It's a specific type of franchise where it's like it's not really continuous. It's similar in ilk, I would say, to um, how Evil Dead One is. Evil Dead Two is just a remake of Evil Dead One. Okay. Um, it's comedy. No horror. I don't think so. No, it's definitely not a horror. Well, it's, it's, it's not something you know an awful lot about. Uh, I'm aware of the names of the films. I've never seen them. Interesting. Um, the, 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 Would you assume I haven't seen them? I know. I don't know if you've seen them. I know you you really want to see them if you haven't. I've heard you talk about them before. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's, I, 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 <laughs> it's okay. Okay, I'll start getting more obvious with hits, right? So we've covered... Not too obvious. Um, <laughs> we've covered another franchise where each entry was solely directed by this person before okay every entry was directed by the same person that that franchise had four films in it was it richard donner no though we the episode we did we had um some guests on and it was a very good episode and and we all really enjoyed it oh is it um i've worked it it's um el mariachi it's el mariachi You, have you seen these? I've seen El Mariachi. Right, so we are watching the Robert Rodriguez, friend of um, John Favreau, actually. Yeah. Uh, Robert Rodriguez trilogy, El Mariachi, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Does yeah. that does that franchise have a name? Uh, I think it's just El Mariachi trilogy. Oh, maybe is, is it referred to as the, um, like, the name of the... Yeah. Um... Was my Evil Dead comparison accurate? That it's yeah, like, it is. It's, it's like, um, yeah, he's um, like Desperado is essentially just a the remake Mexico of trilogy. the Mexico trilogy. Desperado is essentially just a high budget remake of of El Mariachi, and El Mariachi was like this famous pulled up by its bootstraps kind of like yeah guerrilla filmmaking. You, um, like a funny thing about. Um, the about El Mariachi I've actually only because I, I found the DVD of it. it's actually quite a hard movie to find but it um because it's in Spanish um it's uh I just I watched it with the director's commentary because it's a very low um amount of um like not 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 very dialogue heavy and the dialogue that there is is in Spanish so I just watched it with like it it, it defaults to the director's commentary on the DVD because right. it's like this is the only reason you'd be watching this film is if you're interested in like how they made it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I, yeah, I'm keen to to watch the other two. Nice, cool. So tune in next week. I don't know what we're doing next week here. We actually haven't come up with a plan for the next off week, so that's mm, exciting. We'll have to improvise something. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but tune in in two weeks for El Mariachi. Let us know in the comments um, or on the Discord what you thought of. Uh, the Jumanji series, but if you say anything negative about the second two films, I will not reply. Uh, And yeah, we'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Alright everybody and welcome to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash coldpopshire, you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post credit scene. Richard, lay it on me. What is, who's it from and what is it? This comes to us from Brent Taylor from Texas, uh, who says if you could enact one law that goes into effect across the entire world what would it be? Don't Um, murder people. Utter dictatorship. Everyone has to agree with mm. me and be nice to me. Prima nocta.
What's that? That's the thing where uh, the king is allowed to sleep with your wife before you are. Uh, why would you want that to happen? No, I was You're suggesting not... it as one for you um, oh, when you were like the supreme I... king. Oh, right. I didn't but, say um, that. I just want people it's, to be it's nice a, to me. Um, it's, it's a joke. Um, Tony Stark says it in... Um, uh, right. In Age of Ultron, when he's when he's yeah, trying yeah. to lift up Thor's hammer, and he says, "Oh, like she rule Asgard," or that's something that the description. He said, "Well, my first thing is I'll be in studying Prima Nocta, which is a uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a kind of a problematic line and something you, you would expect from Joss Whedon now." Yeah, I was going to say that's that classic Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon banter. don't even respect him enough to say his Josh Whedon right. banter. That's the bite. That's the Whedon bite that everyone wants their their quippy dialogue. When people talk about how Josh Whedon writes quippy dialogue, mm. that's actually what they're referring to. That one line, yeah. The, the um, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like you wanted a fun answer to the sprint, but my like it would probably just be like. I don't know, like the we remember we did a cop option etiquette guide at the start of last year, and everything just boiled down to don't be a dick. That would be it, and it would be decided by me. What whatever um my answer is whatever is the like because this is essentially a Thanos snap, right? <laughs> is it my my well, it's like I snap my fingers and everyone has to comply to something. It's whatever the most like word efficient way of saying of essentially like echoing what i believe the world should look like capitalist um, like po- politically and that sort of thing that's that's what the rule that i would change actually you know what i've got it my rule would be that if you have over half a billion dollars you have to you have to pay it to um like the state to cop off your patreon yeah 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 <laughs> like there, there there should be a maximum wage Whatever right. that is, half a billion dollars was pulled out of the top of my head. I don't know what the yeah what would what, be agreed to be the best amount of money. Well, yeah, it should, it should be that you 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 can't legally have. But then it's one of those things again that like, fuck it, there are no laws if you're rich. <laughs> that, I'm making a law, <laughs> a max a maximum wage. That's that's my law. That's what mm. I believe. Yeah, no, you'll get so many. Like, I'm technically not earning. You know. I feel like no, that, you won't. Not with my rule that I've made. <laughs> yeah, well, but no, people. It's you're a not, magic rule. You're not allowed to murder people. But hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You still did that one time. Fuck off. I'm stop recording now. <laughs> and tell people I murdered people. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 